Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Y'all a brew heads? Yeah, we brew heads. So pour a glass of craft beer. We can do this. Yeah. What's good, y'all? This is C Certified Brewhead, and welcome to episode 64 of Beer and Other Shit Podcast Adjunct Series Quarantine Edition. This evening, we have a very special podcast because that's really all we do special podcast. Uh, before I tell you about who we have this evening, folks, you know what it is. It's time for the sponsor and to thank Amazing Man, Dr. Nick's Amazing Man stuff, in fact, for sponsoring tonight's episode, mate. These guys are legendary. If you haven't been tuning in, you don't know the deal. I'm going to break it down briefly. These guys are based in Massachusetts. They do beard products for people with beards. They uh, they do oils, they do balms, and they do uh, these cool face sanitizer mist stuff, which is super dope. Um, each week, I've been talking about a different product. Uh, this week, I'm going to mostly focus on this one, which is their balms. This is an interesting thing. I didn't really know much about this. I'm not a... Uh, beard product guy typically, but I received these in January and I used them for about three months before agreeing to the partnership because, you know, we don't just do this with uh, just anybody. I want to make sure this was fire. I really like both the people and the products. I like the way that they approach it in the way that craft beer does. It's super ethically sourced, all local. Um, everything's from the States, all the packaging, even the, the products, they only use essential oils and not those cheaper fragrance oils, which can sometimes mess with your skin. The essential oils come from Hawaii and they're blessed by a Reiki master, which I think is, uh, is funny, but cool as shit. The beard balm basically is like a, like a deodorant stick type of thing. And when I was first using it like an idiot, cause I didn't know what it was, I was just rubbing it on my palms. Like, okay, cool, cool. But you're supposed to apply it directly to the beard. And how did I find out? It says it on the damn label. So the reason I have the uh, the beard oil here, which is actually called Beard Beer, and it's an IPA influenced one, or, or uh, it was brewed in um, it was brewed fucking hell, man. I do too much beer stuff. It was made to mimic an IPA, and in the spirit of Maine's uh, Maine Brew Co's Lunch IPA, which is a classic, or maybe it's a pale ale. I think it's a pale ale. Um, it has notes of citrus, pine, and hops. It's absolutely glorious. So basically, I have this combination on this evening. So what Nick likes to do, you start with the IPA oil, and then you put the beard balm on top of that, the number seven, which has notes of, what did it say here? Lime zest, citrus fruit, and pine. So like they kind of complement each other. And you can the good thing about the balm, you put just as much as you need on, and it doesn't take any more. Your beard can only take so much oil, and it just stops working after a while. So it's very, very cool. I'm genuinely uh, a big fan of the products. And of course, if we're mentioning here, we've got a deal for you guys. If you use the code BAOS21, that BAOS21, you get 15% off your order. These bad boys, by the way, are like 20 something bucks each. And normally the essential oils, like they cost, I think he said about 150 to $200 for one ounce of the oil. So it's high quality, high grade oils all blended nicely into this. They actually use the real products. Like they actually put hops in essential oils and let that shit soak and make hop oil. It's crazy. Um, so, and there's also free shipping over 40 bucks. If you order two things and within North America and mate, you know, free shipping, get 15% off. You're supporting a local company making things. And also one last thing, they're doing a series or a brewmaster series where they're collaborating with some of the biggest brewers in the States to create beard oils based on their beer. They're collaborating with Lawson's, uh, Treehouse, Trillium, um, Vitamin C, a whole bunch in New England. It's super, super cool. Love to see it. So make sure you check them out. Now, on that note, it is time to bring in these boys. So I discovered 
these guys about was it a year ago? I think it was when you got when they were pretty new, maybe not quite a year ago, uh, when they opened. Hence, we're celebrating their first anniversary this evening. I met them through Matt from Vox and Hobbs House to Maddie. Um, I, uh, this store, we're, we're talking to two gentlemen who own a store. The store is called La Canette. It is in Villeray, just north of Jean Talon on Saint Hubert in Montreal. Great neighborhood, uh, something that was much needed in the area. They have a fantastic store and they're great people. And, and really, this is why we're all connecting. Every time I see uh, the, the one gentleman that I know already, we're always joking and, and we really, you know, really connect on this level. And this is something that we don't really get to talk to people enough about and talk to people on this side of the industry. So on that note, we're going to bring in Kevin and Guillaume of La Canette Boys. Make some noise, people. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome. Great to see you both. Everyone has beards and glasses. We have the uniform. Hey there. Nice. <laughs> I love it. First question, which, what, which is the best Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle? I'll leave Oof. that to Guillaume. That's a tough you question. Know my, you know mine. Talk to me. Well, um, I, I, had, I had a dream this, this week before we talked about it. Uh, I had a dream about Ninja Coos. And I was like, which one of them had Ninja Coos? And um, I remember it's the orange one, uh, if I remember. Michelangelo. But, yeah, it's Michelangelo. But yes. I, I, don't re- I don't recall having him uh, the best As Ninja Turtle. Okay. Uh, I think it's the one with the, the bow, with the, the <sighs> baton, with the stick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty sure... Pretty sure he's the. No, I can't say the best one, but in my heart, uh, I think I love him the best. I respect well, I that. It's the best one. Mm. I'm just saying. Wow. So, so, so you two had a, a beef about it already, or? Yeah, we had a beef about it, and I think it was. I don't remember what everyone else. I think I was in the minority because mine is Leonardo because he's the leader. He runs shit. He's got the swords. He's just chopping dudes up. He was like, you know, boss, boss man, you know. The the blue one, right? The blue one. So mm-hmm. I don't recall, Kev, who who was Matt and Noah? Who were they into? Just just for the record, yeah. Yeah, but Noah's uh, Donatello and Matt yeah. is uh, Leonardo too. That's what it was. So, so we were pretty split down the middle. Yeah. So you are the but tiebreaker, now, Guillaume. I don't know. And do you know what the problem is? Pillinator. Uh, so it's easy, Donatello. Oh yeah, that's it. Oh no, I'm getting out. Uh, I'm getting out here. Okay, well we're severely outnumbered, but we'll see if we can convince you by the end of the episode. So, <laughs> yeah. you both look thirsty. I'm thirsty. Now, you guys actually curated what we're drinking tonight. These are all beers that are sold in the store. Some of your faves across multiple styles, and we're going to start with Maltstrom's Pilsner Czech. Look at that. I haven't had Maltstrom for a hot minute, man. These guys are so damn good. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. This one particularly. Yes. This one is tasteful. It's very good. Yes, I'm excited to try it. So tell us, do you guys know much about this beer? Uh, it's what I call a bière de soif. Okay. Uh, yeah, the Swift, which is uh, just a real good get through. Uh, I think it's a great starter. Yes. It's, uh, uh, yeah, it's only 5%. I, I imagine this is uh, Michael from uh, Maltstrom. I think he was a part of the Quebec alumni of, uh, of the Czech Republic so many 
people from Montreal specifically and from Quebec did trips to the Czech Republic over the last like couple of years. I think it was like from 2019, maybe even 2018. And we've seen it like an influx of amazing uh, um, Pilsners and Czech style beers because of this, like this trip that people have been taking. And I'm so, uh, I'm so happy they all did it. I don't know why all of a sudden everybody decided to go to the damn Czech Republic, but Hey, I ain't complaining. You know? Yeah, maybe people there are tired of big A's, so they need a break. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's it's probably mm-hmm. true. All the Czechs, they're just drinking hazies like crazy out there. You know? um, uh, I don't know, man. No? Maybe they're just stick it, stick it up to to what they know. Yeah, and that's that's fair. That's what they're doing. Well, first of all, boys, mm-hmm. cheers. Get in here. Cheers, man. Cheers. Gorgeous. Great, nice and malty, grassy, a little earthy, a yeah. little bitter, a little dry, refreshing, mm-hmm. balanced. I feel like the head kind of went down a little quick, but I, I don't know, these wider rimmed glasses, it's harder to keep it up. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's really good. Yeah, this is fantastic. Um, we've got a couple quick comments from Pilaneda. He said, no love for my boy Raphael. Yeah, man. Raphael's getting no love. That was my brother's favorite one, if that helps. And he's a part of BO. Oh, Raphael sucks, man. <laughs> These little shitty weapons, little katana. What are they? What were they called? Katanas or something? Those little yeah, sword things. It's personally no like, side a side. Yeah. It was P- called pizza cutters or I don't pizza know. cutters. Pizza cutters, yeah. <laughs> so ain't nobody messing with that. Um, he's also saying listen to your podcast with Moldstrom, uh, Michael and Laura like five times. Such a funny app. Yeah, they're good people, man. They're uh, they were doing really well. I know they both weren't feeling comfortable in English, so they held me down. Mm-hmm. They represented. So I'm glad you, you chose these guys. So I've been a big fan. Like all of their beers are uh, a lager and stuff. So great, great choice, man. Nice little SARS up in here. Woof. Love it. Oh, yeah. So on mm-hmm. that note, maybe what we'll do, let's get into your both, uh, both of your individual beer histories. How did you both get into beer? How did you connect? And then we'll lead into, uh, you know, how the, uh, the store came about because I'm super interested. All yeah, right. well, we we met like uh, twelve years ago, something like that, through Guillaume's brother. Okay, and uh, we we're gaming a lot in uh, in their parent basement. <laughs> okay, and like it started like this with like really cheap beers, and then parties, and then we decided to go through the microbrew uh, microbrew ones, but it was maybe in two thousand ten something. So. It was really an really weird and far away experience from now. Yeah, uh, totally different. And we, yeah, man. Like we we used to drink like specific beers that now we look at it and we're like, oh no, I'm not drinking that. And <laughs> no chance. <laughs> it, it depends. It depends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it's so, a bit some like remind- Raphael beers, and now mm. we drink the Donatello beers. You know. <laughs> That's actually a good reference. Well done. Could be Ninja Turtles the whole time. Keep going, sir. Uh, yeah, go ahead, Kev. Oh, yeah, I was mostly done. I did my Tortin Ninja jokes. I'm good. You're good? <laughs> oh, yeah, I, but, I yeah, can. We, we, yeah, go, go man. 
uh, I was going on with the the reference. Uh, Kev became like the the splinter, the splinter of the uh, operation. <laughs> yeah, the splinter of beers, or I think he kind of uh, showed me a way about the the craft beers and all because I think I was the the best normie beer guy uh, at that time with the okay. university and just drinking the normal stuff yeah, and uh, yeah and it just happened to learn about beers from the way and uh, from the travels I made uh, I was I was lucky enough to go in Germany like one month uh, nice. in Jos Hostel and stuff like that just this walking from beer garden to another uh, I think that was a typic, tipping point to how how beer are, are made and um, how I can discover about them here in Quebec because after that Kevin and I are just going like uh, road tripping around Quebec and uh, around specific breweries in the, in the province and then uh, every brewery is like uh, a specific experience uh, just to get there do a walking around a little hiking in the mountains and finishing up the the day with a, a brewery so I think in the past years Before COVID, uh, this was our main experience. Right. So then, did either of you guys work in the, oh gosh, uh, in the beer industry before this at all, or were you like, um, was it all sort of like a, you know, uh, this was the real first time actually being a part of the industry? Yeah, I had a bit of experience in uh, another dépanneur, like for four months. And this is really what we understood. We understood that it was really possible for us with our knowledge to do something different and uh, that it was doable mostly. And we would have fun by doing so. And, uh, but yeah, just four months experience and like maybe 10 years drinking craft beers. So I think it mm -hmm. counts. <laughs> that counts. That, make, that makes, it makes it all worthwhile. Yeah, go on, bro. Sorry. Oh, it's fine. I was going to say, um, we we kind of looked at the beer store from what they have that is good and what the, it is not good, what their uh, uh, relationship to the client is, and stuff that could we could take it and just make our own experience. Uh, in my part, it's my first time in this world. It's amazing from the last year, from what I've learned about it, and. Uh, Yeah, it's great. Uh, I, I, my part is mostly in the structure of the company, I would say. I'm not like mainly on the floor or giving tips, but um, so, yeah, I do. I try and uh, I learn about it. I love it. That's dope. So then where did the idea come about to have a store? Like what inspired you to, to think that, hey, we want to do something different and do it our way? Well, we have, we have two options of seeing it. It's like... We have the knowledge for it. We have the customer service. And when, when I say knowledge, we have like basic common knowledge of craft beers. We're not brewers. We don't, we're not beer geeks. And it was either that we keep going that passion by doing road trips and discover new beers, or we keep doing our shitty jobs And the option was like, man, we can make it work. We can put both together and not mm -hmm. uh, 
anybody else as a boss, do do it our way, the and the way it should be, uh, and that's so we went as simple okay. as that, mm-hmm. right? And the area that you chose to open in, so it's Villeray, which is a a, a super cool neighborhood. Um, Sort of in, I don't know how to describe it. I guess if you don't know Montreal, like it's, it's, uh, I don't know, how would you describe the neighborhood actually? That's probably a good way. Well, it's pretty, uh, it's like a, a melting pot. Like the most streets around the metro are not that, it's pretty, uh, uh privileged, I would say. But it's, it's a neighborhood like you can see anybody going to Parc Jarry, anybody going to the same stores and, uh, there's really like a nice neighborhood life um, in Villeray and this is where we live. Okay. So we wanted to stay in the neighborhood. Like, <clears throat> again, makes no sense for us to go like and spend 45 minutes in the metro to go to another neighborhood to do a difference. It's like, it's our place. It's, uh, it's our home mostly. So that's why we went from that location and nothing else. Um, it was a bit hard first, but like we find a good one and uh, we're, we're pretty happy about it. Okay. Mm-hmm. How, how long did it take you guys to find the spot? Cause it's a pretty cool, like you guys are like right, like just before a corner of um, a bell, uh, not bell shelf. What's it called? Uh, De Castelnau, right? And De Castelnau, yeah. De Castelnau and St. Hubert yeah. in this like nice sort of like newer brick building You've got like a little bit of a, like a, a raised section at the back for the office and stuff. Like it's a it's a mm-hmm. really nice it's nicely located um, and it's uh, it's spacious. So like how how long mm-hmm. did it take you to find all of that and, and how difficult was that in that area? It took a, it took about a few weeks, I would say, uh, just to um, to find a kind of local that was spacious enough so the customers could walk in, not step on everyone's toes and uh, um, yeah we had a few opportunities around uh, in Villeray but they were not they weren't they didn't have that that feeling of yeah that's the one we we can create something about yeah mm-hmm. uh, we we uh, we went to a few locals that were super big super huge and others that really quite a nice character but like so small that it wasn't viable, you know. Right. Um, so, and we just <clears throat> pass in front of it and we just like hit the brakes and okay. we're like, this is the mm, one. And then uh, it worked. Okay. Uh, it, it worked yeah. like, yay. <laughs> <laughs> it's a rays, rays of sunshine. Yeah, Gail, uh-huh. sorry, go for it, bro. Uh, yeah, but there's also the idea of being on Saint-Hubert, which is a main street of Villeray, and there was not a lot of of life, I would say. No, that's maybe not the term, but of young life going on Saint-Hubert. We wanted to uh, to uh, revitalize. Uh, that's what... Um, but yeah, we just wanted to uh, to have an impact on our community, and we thought that it would be a central point, and everyone knows that point of Saint-Hubert near Jean Talon uh, is uh, is middle to everything. So Yeah. And I guess there was no, I mean, that makes so much sense. And I guess there's not really, 
a lot of beer focused in in that sort of area, right? There wasn't like no other depths around. Like there's a bit of a beer desert for like quality craft beer. Is that um there, there used to have one on uh, Saint Hubert and Beaubien, and if the thing is, there's okay. a lot of dépanneur in uh, in Villeray, and which is good, but on the other end, everybody walks in that oh. neighborhood. So, if you want to go to that's where where we're located, if we weren't there, you would have to walk 20, 25 minutes to go to another one, mm. and. And in real life, 20, 25 minutes to get a beer, it's not what people do. Uh, so we really, really look at it because we liked a lot of the beer. Um, and we wanted to be like as far as possible mm-hmm. to not be in their legs. At the same time, to have our own space of, uh, I would say, operation, but uh, our own neighborhood for us, you know. And... So that, that was really important too. And uh, there was nothing. Mostly you needed to walk 20, 25 minutes. From that general area. Okay, that's what that was thinking. I mean, I know now that uh, Milan opened down the street two yeah. weeks ago, which is which is great because that's another brewery nearby. So it's sort of, you know, people can stop there, come see you guys. It's like a less than a five-minute walk. Um, which is mm-hmm. super convenient as well. And it's always, it's a weird industry, I guess, where it's almost like the more, the better with regard to breweries. And you guys definitely complement that offering in the region. Like people are a John to one, the market there, getting their food and, you know, produce and stuff. And then be able to mm-hmm. pop into a, a new brewery and pick up some beers that they only they sell and then come see you and get everything else from around the province which is super convenient. It makes the whole neighborhood, I think, so much more, um, I don't know, like appealing. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not too far away from you guys. And I always felt like I liked the market up there, but I was like, oh, there's not really much else going on. So it's, I don't know, I think it's just really cool. I feel like it's made me more into it every time I go up in that area. Now I feel like I'm there more often. It's just more shit to, to check out. Mm-hmm. So it's really cool. And to do and yeah. we're really close to the Plaza Saint-Hubert, which you can find anything on the plaza. It's just like, it's not as uh, as cool as Amazon, but you can just walk by and you'll find everything you want. So it's really like... It's true. It's really like a, a nice walk from La Plaza, uh, Marché Jean-Talon, and mm-hmm. all the stuff you can do in Villeray by, by foot, you know? So it's really like add uh, another side to the community in Villeray. Um, and this is what I want to do also is to create connection with the people in, a, in our neighborhood. So, mm-hmm. I, and it's working. And with Ballon too, it's going to be like even greater, you know? It's going to be like a small community of craft beer drinkers in Villeray which is already there, but we can just make it more strong, you know? I love it. Yeah, it makes so much sense. It's, it's, it's really cool, man. It's, uh, it's exciting to, to watch, like, the neighborhood sort of grow like that. Like, you know, you guys now have been there a year, and then these guys just opening up, and I know it's not too far from a few other breweries, like Il de Gard down in Bourbien and Harakana just down the street there, and Bira and, you know, a few other places like that. It's... Uh, it's very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Pilonator. Am I saying that? How would you say that in French? Pilonator? 
My man's is saying he tasted the Czech Pills IPA and Saison from Melon. Pretty promising. Yes. I had those ones. I think yeah. I had the Stout. Yeah, there was two IPAs. And everything was like super solid. So, yeah. They got another mm. couple, I think, coming this weekend. The Colch and something else. Yeah, man. It's exciting to see, uh, see them go. They're really good guys as well. If you haven't, we did. We had them on last week. It was actually kind of perfect. So we had them on last week to celebrate their starting, mm-hmm. and then you guys on this week down the road to celebrate your one year. It's, uh, it's perfect timing. Makes me very happy. So you're gonna move soon, man. You know what? Might have to. <laughs> Maybe. I can, I, I to move in, move in Ville Ray. I mean, like, what's what does the Myland have now? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> Um, put on that door. I like that. It says stout is in the fridge. The stout was really good. Um, very, very, very well done. I'm very impressed. Mm-hmm. Um, what was I going to ask you? I was going to ask about now the concept of La Canette. Um, what, if you could describe to people, obviously people who don't, who know Quebec, they know what a specialty beer store is for people outside of Quebec watching or listening uh, you know, here we have specialty, like, you know, in Ontario, for example, they only just passed a law that they can do that. Um, like people can open their own independent store, but they have to sell food. They can't just sell beer um, and wine or whatever the hell else. Here in Quebec has been the way for a long time, you know, gas stations, uh, supermarkets, all that stuff can sell beer and wine and certain wine and no spirits. Um and they've had specialty beer store, which is typically where all the craft beers go. Um, and it's the one, you know, now supermarkets do stock some stuff, but not all of them. And they're not always treated correctly, which a lot of people aren't familiar with that, as you guys would, I'm sure, know. So, for you know, how would you describe what La Canette is, what you were trying to achieve with your specific version of a beer depth that took into account the things you guys told me before, you you know, familiar with the industry, you worked in the Deb and you were would have obviously your customers of, of breweries and of Deb and Nurse, so you were were you were you were familiar with what you did and didn't like about these stores. So what what did you try and do with Connect to make it different? Well, if I can go first, mm-hmm. we just want to be rich. That's it. <laughs> so you got into craft beer. <laughs> <laughs> Go with the waiver. I love that. Just some air That's for all the money in craft beer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but it's funny because I think it's the complete opposite uh, of just yes. doing a, doing a store that we just want to have fun with it. We just want to have some relationship with our customers because, um, yeah, we can have some that could never come or they, they go somewhere else, but we just like to talk about beers. And I think that that's what La Canette is supposed to be. You come in, we talk about um, what, what we think it's good, uh, what we thought when we, we went over this place or this other place, um, just try to make them discover new stuff. So that's, that's yeah, the part, one of the many parts of it. Yeah, and we wanted to make a, a difference because we. Oh, when the last time you had fun in a store? Like, yeah, legit 
fun and then you you want to go back because you know mm-hmm. uh, it's not just about the product it's about like the vibe in it and what the people are doing to you you know you come and you have fun so and it's super achievable but you need to put heart into it and this is what we wanted to do and we wanted at first to to be a bit like a, a social club but it's not the right definition of like a net but like through Lacanet, we can be like um, more of a community, I would say. Mm. And yeah, it's still uh, it's still a business for Syria <clears throat> to to survive, to make money, to pay bills, and all that capitalism shit. But we we want to connect with our with people, and this is what we've been doing since day one, and this is why um, we have some great success with our customers. Uh, some of them are even friends now. So mm. this is why we celebrate our first year and everything's going well and we have fun with it. So yeah. I love it. No, that, that's great. And I guess is that how did you guys connect with Matt from Vox and Hops? Was he just a customer and started talking? Oh yeah, he asked me for free beers and I was like, no way, man. And <laughs> I didn't come to the shop, man. That's pretty much it. Oh, Matthew. <laughs> no, he just, he, just, he just passed by. He lived in the mm. area. So and we start talking about it. And it just went naturally about talking about everything, you know. And then he told me about his podcast, about what he wanted to do. He wanted to do like um, a collab with us. And I was like, yeah, sure, man. If it makes sense, let's do it. And... Uh, yeah, it's been going uh, going good since. He does the um, is fun. yeah man. He's oh, I love that. He's the best. What what's the name of the thing that he does at the store again? There's like four beers of death or something. Yeah, actually, what he does is come in the back store, chug four beers, <laughs> and then do a podcast. That's what he does every week, <laughs> without every fail. single week. They call him the magician. No, I, yeah, go ahead. No, so they call him the beer magician because he makes beer disappear. That's what he tells me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he Matthew. talks too much. Yeah, <laughs> he does talk a lot. But yeah, we do the the four pack of death, and every week we choose four different uh, beers that just arrived, mm. and uh, we give a five percent discount when you buy the four beer together, and. Uh, change every week and for the first anniversary we're gonna have a, a four pack every day from friday to sunday nice and uh yeah he's gonna do like something like <laughs> the face something like that every time he's very good at it yeah that, i like yeah. that a lot that, that's a cool concept we're just picking the beers and stuff and, and you know he's got a great following so it's like a it's a logical you know, mm-hmm. collaboration for you guys as well. And for him to be able to do that each week and very cool. I love it. Mm-hmm. It does. And we have, you have also like customers that comes when Matt enters the store and goes back like, Oh, is this the boxing up guys? I'm like, yeah, you can talk to him, man. It's, yeah. He's, he's chill. He's cool. It's <laughs> <laughs> really fun. Every yeah. time he gets me. Oh, he's the, yeah. People like always geek out over Matt particularly if you're into metal and stuff, they get pretty excited about, uh, you know, 
the cryptopsy mm-hmm. stuff or whatever. I didn't realize at first. Like he just reached out to me like on Facebook DM one time. I was like, hey man, I do a podcast and I'm in a metal battle song and I don't know shit about metal. I'm a hip hop dude. I was like, oh, this guy seems cool. So we just talked and he was like, yo, come on my podcast. We met up at Brewski and we had a beer and like, he was just mad cool. We got along immediately. I was like, and ever since then, we've been trying to do as much stuff together as possible. So I was really glad that he told us about you and what he's been doing there. When I say us, I mean the rest of the beer, you know, Noah from Beerism and um, Nathan from Nathan Does Beer, Chris from Hops and Bros, all the other beer media nerds that we all kick it with. And uh, he spoke super highly of you guys and what you're doing. And I can't remember, we came down, I think it was when we did the blind taste test, probably around that time, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. yeah i think it was around that and um it was just like it was just cool and what uh, what struck me about the store i liked the that everything was in a fridge at all times i was saying that to guillaume the other day i love that i feel like a lot of um a lot of depths maybe don't have the fridge space and they're forced to leave beers that shouldn't be out of the fridge you know just in the ambient air which isn't optimal um and, you know, you guys have managed to completely cover both walls with fridges, which I imagine wasn't cheap. You know, you've got some of the beers that don't need to be in a fridge on the outside, of course, but everything else is in there. And I, I think that is, a, a, first of all, a really great dedication to the keeping the quality, maintaining the quality of the beer. Um, yeah. And talk about that. Sorry, man. If, if, you wanna, if you wanna spend like six to seven dollars on a beer, man, it better be fresh. And, and cold with the highest quality, you know. Yeah. If you want uh, a hot beer, beer tablet, <laughs> you can you, you can go you can go grab your your cold light or whatever. But like, it's there's, there's a craft behind it. There's some talented people that made it uh, with mostly all their art, and they just like we're here to to talk about it. We're to take care of the products and like to to sell it as fast as, as possible also you know we don't want to keep like uh, a beer on our shelves too long so mm-hmm. love it hashtag no hashtag no beer chaude no beer chaude oh that's a good episode no there I'm gonna write that <laughs> one down that's a good one no beer show um so <laughs> Okay, but what was that the concept from the beginning though? Like to have a store yeah, that pretty was much. Yeah. Yeah, we we when we do our tour of like other depanners and we, we noticed stuff that we liked and stuff we didn't like as a customer and as uh I would say professionals, but like I don't like the term, but and we took the best option for us and we put all together, um, our store isn't perfect, obviously, but we do have a lot of good points on the checklist, and um, Ooh, and it shows you know we have space. Get it? Huh? Huh? And uh, we we have uh, <laughs> sorry. We have everything like the customers. At first, lots of customers were asking like, "Hey, are you guys like uh, a franchise?" Is there any more uh, like a net? Where are they? And we're like, no, it's just one store. It's ours. And <clears throat> that will be pretty much stay the same, you know? And after a year, we might have opened another one, but that's not the goal. Just one. 
And that's pretty much it. We want to keep it like sincere and honest too. So it's uh, it's our home. I don't want to give my home to anybody else. Our home to anybody else. Oh, that makes mm-hmm. sense. So like the uh, no comment about that after. Um, okay, no, that was super cool. So I like that you've got that dedication to the beer, and I felt that as soon as I walked in. And I even like the like the way that you've got the, the fridges on either side, and in the middle there's a whole bunch of like local produce. Oh, well, not produce is the wrong word. You know, snacks to go with beer. You know, you had the vegan honey, which was super cool from um, what was the name of that company again? I'm sorry. It's uh, Bumble Bloom. Yes, super cool. Um, you know, all local like chips and stuff. Um, I think, do you have like meats and cheeses as well or no? Or may... No, we don't. Nothing like that, right? Okay. Um, I'm trying to picture it. Yeah, we we are vegan and we want to keep it the less animal product in our stores. Oh, cool. I didn't know and, that. Okay. Yeah. And um, it kind of stretched the image of a dependent of the beer because mostly this is where you get like your charcuterie, uh, your cheese and everything, but like yeah. we can we can put these products on our floor, but this is not who we are, and this is not what we want to to do. So it's simply no saucisson. Mm-hmm. And that makes sense. I did not know that. <clears throat> okay, cool, what, what other so kind of? Yeah, tell me about the other. So products. when you came into the store, you <clears throat> didn't notice it because you were you were looking at something else and you, your mind were like blowing or like, oh, this is cool, this is cool, this is cool. So you didn't have to look at the cheese or the meat, you know? So mm, good point. You, you didn't notice because there was something else to look at. So, I mean, it's a good, it's a good point of what we're doing. Mm-hmm. The, the store is made to keep it simple. Uh, beers on the side, stuff to eat in the middle, Snacks under the counter uh, uh, with uh, candies, uh, some um, some peanuts and stuff, uh, chocolate. So we we just like these products. We know we eat them. We know it's good. So we keep it simple. I think that's the way. I like it because it reflects who you guys are, and I think that's important in whatever you do, right? So that's very cool. I'm, I'm learning stuff. On that note, shall we get to the next beer? Yeah, mine is oh, dead. look at that! Not even messing around. Are we doing the um, <laughs> the session IPA? The session. session. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Tell me the I like the session IPA. Um, <laughs> tell us why you chose this bad boy. Oh, <clears> this <throat> is this really like blow me away in a way of I really don't enjoy session IPAs. Yes. Sorry, guys. Neither do I, to be Just honest. They're okay, but not, not my favorite yeah. either. And uh, this one is highly drinkable, like a lot. Some people would say watery, but that's not the right term. It's really, really crushable. And uh, you still have all the piney taste, the resinous taste, everything you want. So it's really like a big kick. Yeah. And Ooh, it's got a good it's a session, but it's 4.7%. So it's still that's like... That's not bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It has a great kick. Yeah, that's what like I love it. The the color is awesome. And as soon as I cracked it, it's just like boom, tropical, like right in your face. Um, mm-hmm. Which which is I think really important with the session. Um, you want to really feel that, uh, that you know that like 
there's a bunch of flavor and i know ala Dereen, we had them on uh last year and like they they do some fantastic stuff um mm-hmm. you know these guys know their shit particularly with their hops you know I, yeah. Yeah, man, all they do is really different and like highly crushable which uh-huh. is true that's what i like about them yeah man so this is called hamak like you said 4.7 chinook citra and centennial so i guess it's probably got a little bit of um Excuse me, uh, pininess or something? Potentially, indeed. Yeah, indeed. You just have to try it. You'll, you'll see the first uh, sip is really like something. You you don't get it on the first sip. That's why it's fine. Yeah. Santé, santé, look. Oh wow, man, this is great. This has got a lot of um the green hop burn. I love that shit. Mm-hmm. Man, Ala de Riva mm-hmm. is so good. I love what they're doing, man. They're really doing some great stuff. Mm. And it's oh, really yeah, like you can take three, four sips and you're just like, oh, easy. Yeah. Wow, this is one of the best session IPAs I've had. This is great, dude. Good choice. Uh-huh. Have, have you been there too? And it's a great place. Uh, I haven't. No. I had them on the podcast, but I haven't been there. I haven't been any. I guess they opened. Oh, no, they opened. Before the pandemic, but like only a few months before, I think. Is that uh, correct? The, I think it's almost two years now. Yes. If, um, nearly. It was yeah. in the middle of summer before. It was like that, in, okay. In, uh, 2019. They have the cool place mm-hmm. on the water, right? Yep. Yeah. That's why. That's what I. Uh, that's why I, I remember them. It's uh, because of the place. It's because of the taste that was good. Uh, it's um, à la dérive. Uh, which is located in uh, Gatineau. Um, no, I, I know they they had fusion between the cities there, but uh, mm. the big, uh, a good part of Gatineau, and uh, it's uh, really cool, really cool to get there. Yeah, and I guess it's pretty close to like Sankey and Baran, um, Gallicus, mm-hmm. Bar Canada, and stuff. Mm-hmm. So Gatineau is a special place right now. Eh? Great things happening up there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this is this is this is phenomenal. Great, great choice, man. So, as far as like like, tell us something about the the Depeneur world. Like, you know, how does it work? How do you source the beer for people who don't know? Like, I think this is super interesting. Um, like one of our our most viewed videos, this random video we did in Colorado with a, a sales rep, a beer sales rep, and he broke down how he did his job. And it's super interesting. And I think maybe people who are looking to be a beer sales rep would have found that video. But uh, I think just as many people don't know really how it works, at least in Quebec, for a depreneur. So you open a depreneur, where do you start? How do you get the beer? How do you get in touch with people? Like, you know, what, what does that look like? Yeah, uh, at first, well, you need to have um, un permis d'alcool. Okay. To sell the actual cans, right? To sell the products. Yeah, exactly. Because you can you can uh, buy beers from breweries, but you don't have the right to sell them. Right. Uh, so this is the first step, I would say. But without being too um, into details, like you, you need to take contact with the breweries. So most of them, uh, usually you just send an email and you just say like, hey, we like... But this is what we did. We we always explain like 
We went in, into road trips, went to your brewery. We like this one and this one. We'd like to do business with you. Mm -hmm. And usually they send back like uh, papers to open like uh, a file and everything. And then it's pretty easy, man. Okay. So it's you, like you just need to, it's really like as soon as you have like a permit alcohol, everything is pretty cool. Um, <clears throat> after it really depends on who you're dealing with. Some breweries, they will do delivery about themselves. Other will pass through uh, a distributor. And uh, some breweries, they don't have any, uh, any stuff to give because they're, they are their max capacity also. So mm. that's the cold truth about breweries. Sometimes people are like, hey, <clears throat> when will you have this beer? It's like... like we're on the waiting list, man. It's uh, when they have an opening, maybe we'll get some. And uh, and this is where you have connection and you have contacts because if you know certain people, then you can have access to uh, a specific product more easily and more quickly. Mm. So it's a bit like it's a bit like everything in life, you know. So yeah, progression you. with like your neighbor. Well, he might let you use his barbecue or something like that, you know? That's so, a good uh, Okay. So uh, then, if like every brewery you have to reach out to separately, is that really how it works? Or do like, so do you have to reach out to them and some of them say, oh, yeah, we work with this distributor, so you reach out to them? Like, how does that, because like literally there's hundreds and hundreds of breweries in Quebec. That's a lot mm. of emails to, to send to try and get hold of beers. Yeah, so, for sure. But I, mm. I'm pretty sure they have, um, you know, the, the market is pretty big too. Mm. Uh, Quebecers, they like craft beers and they will enjoy more and more craft uh, in the next few years. Keeps growing and growing. Mm. Uh, even if it's not beer or seltzer or smoothie or anything you name it if it's from the craft uh, industry it will work and so you, you need to find like these people to have a good connection to get what you want you can't you can't have everybody it will be pretty much stupid you know uh, we, we you need to make choice by mm. who you want to work with who have the same ethics as you and who mm -hmm. you respect at the most Hmm. IS point because their product, you know, they're they're good, they're well made, and uh, this is where you start doing like uh, your triage, you know. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that uh, makes sense. Sorry, my dogs are yeah. playing. That's right. Sorry, <laughs> it's fine. Uh, I think that's the challenge uh, of searching for the good um, uh, micro brewings and the ones that are doing a crafting and not just a beer making to sell. Uh, we just like to, to find the new ones that will get to, to be discovered. Uh, mm. that's, that's a part of Black Annette. And I think we have succeeded for a bit, uh, for a few, uh, that were, uh, that were like, not skyrocketed, but that we had a feeling that they were good and we wanted them. Uh, we just, had a great connections and uh, that's where the, the triage uh, is part of it. So. Right. 
So then how does what, like, I guess the average person, you know, you have to know about beer to be able to open the depth because you're going to have to understand um, the industry to know who to order and what's happening with the breweries. Like you have to have a pretty good uh, relationship maybe with the industry to understand it. Like is that, how important is that? I guess is probably the question, like knowing what's going on so that you can decide what to order. Is that super important or do you, can, can you get by just yeah. by looking at the sheet? You, you, <clears throat> you need to, you need to know what the, your customer wants first, because it's different in any neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't sell the same product as another depth on the plateau. Yes, there will be similarities, but it's not going to be the same exact ones. And, um, also, you need to, or I can say, uh, you you can you can buy everything to have every breweries on earth, and like your stock won't move because there's so many choices, there's so many tastes, and everything. So you need to, how I can say, you need to be highly specific. You need to know your beer. If right. you do buy the the sales sheet, if you open your own tap, you're like, oh, it's popular. I'm gonna sell it. Well, mm-hmm. it's it's one way of doing things, you know. You can do it. Some people open open debts and like they're just here for the money, and you can see clearly like their selection is just based on to have everything. It's mm-hmm. it's one way to do it. Right. But it's maybe I, you made a, an interesting point there. I guess does the is the taste different or, or the preference different? for each neighborhood. So like you were saying, versus Plateau versus say Ray, like have you guys noticed that somehow? Is that what you were kind of saying? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we made the <clears> podcast <throat> with uh, GF from uh, Echo Sessions and the goal was to talk with other owners um, from the South Shore, Quebec and uh, Saguenay. And... Um, the guy from Saguenay and Quebec, mostly they were selling red ales, embers, and um, like barrel-aged beers. Whereas in our store, we are selling mostly like crispy boys and sours and hazies, you know. But the the blonde one, the Pilsner and the Lagers, they weren't like even in the top three of their stores. Hmm. So it really changed the way all... Or you order, you know, I can order the iPest beer if I can, mm-hmm. and have some people <clears> just go for like uh, a Pilsner check because they don't want the, the I beer, it's not what they want, right? So, is that a challenge for you guys? Because, you know, like the, the thing that always interested me about depths is like, how do you manage the inventory? Being that beer is a perishable product, particularly the, the shit we're drinking right now, like this stuff has a you know, a finite lifespan, you know, I mean, everything does, but particularly hazy beers and maybe some of the fruited sours that uh, aren't barrel-aged and stuff, they can't be sitting around, you know, forever. Some of these hazy beers, in my opinion, are probably best within two to four weeks at most. So, like, mm-hmm. how do you how do you guys, you know, deal with that? And, and is it something that you think about? I imagine so, but, like, you know, what what's the thought that goes into managing inventory that is inherently perishable and that people 
who are savvy are picking up cans and looking at the bottom and be like, ooh, see this was canned 15th of April, so it's a month old, basically, and it tastes great. So, like, yeah, and can't, it's not always that way. Yeah, but, like, there's, uh, there's two truths about it. Like, the first one is this one we received it, like, uh, on uh, next last week. Okay. So... All the stock we receive is not super, super fresh because most of the breweries, they do a big batch. They sell it and like if there's any left, they offer it the, the week after, you know? So mm. it's not always <clears throat> like a batch is automatically sold as soon as it gets out the, the cube. Um, so mm. this is the first point. And second point is lots of people, uh, and when I say people, are uh, include people that depend and customers uh, don't care about like the fresh, the freshness of the product, you know, um, the product is there. It's like any good, could be six month old, eight month old, whatever it's, it's going to sell. And, uh, and another point too, some breweries, they know that they have product that have been long on the tablet, on the shelves, but like, well, they, they need to go and, do their round and say like, oh, this product is a bit old. Let me give you a credit for it. Some are doing it, but most of them, they don't because they're too busy somewhere. And it's, it's legit, but like, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a good question because there's no, uh, if everything was fresh, every time fresh, that would be crazy, man. I would love that. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Okay. Uh, have you have you noticed that some beer stores that have their cans of beer um, tanned with the sun that are like in the windows, in the upfront window, and they're like the sun beaming up on them? Or have you noticed yeah. some of that? It, maybe it doesn't happen anymore. I haven't checked, but uh, I kind of have a memory about it. And um, that well, shocked me. Yeah. yeah. And, and, so, and you see some people, they're nice. looking at the date and like... It's really good to do that, but on the same on the same end, if it's in a fridge, it's gonna grow older less quickly than on a shelf, and that's true. And that, that's why it's a bit hard to say like fresh products are the best. It's like obviously it is, but sometimes some IPAs are buried three weeks after canning. Mm -hmm. uh, it's it's a real hard question. It is we, we do we do try to have like the fresh test obviously, but like sometimes it's not the case. I could have like not an old badge, but a badge that has been canned like three weeks ago and it's labeled as a new product. So it happens because between the time it's been canned, sent to a distributor, um, taking care of the distributor, then sent back to the depanner, it could take some weeks. Yeah. Guillaume, you were gonna say before. Uh, nope, I uh, no. lost my idea. No, <laughs> um, uh, well, I, love I was going. To... No, please go go. I was going to say there are some beers like that you need to to wait a week uh, at least before you taste it. So that's the the main concept of not having it green when you taste it, or or you've tasted and you taste it again in a few weeks just to make uh, the. Uh, the idea of oh, I think it it tastes the same, or I think it it, it has a process in it. So you just kind of 
okay, next time we'll we'll figure it out so we can sell it better um, the best way. So, great, great point. That that's a very valid point as well. There are some beers that are better when they're um, uh, a little, you know, there's a bit of time on them, particularly the ones that are greener. This beer tasted like it probably was quite green because I'm still getting some hot burn and it's a month old. And I think those beers age really well for a for an IPA, for a New England IPA. Like this, I would not have believed you if you told if I just if you said this was a month old, for sure. And yeah. I feel like I have it's a very been in the fridge too. It's been in the fridge the whole time. It was cold when Guillaume gave it to me. I put it right in the fridge, so you know it was it was cold the whole time. But I think the fact that it was green. The fridge is, you're 100% right. I think it's so important. I think you guys doing that is a very large service to the industry that you're doing that. So thank you for that. I think it's fantastic. I think it also goes up to the individual palates um, mm-hmm. of the of the drinker. Like I don't like malty, sticky New England IPAs. I want them to be like this, bright and fresh and chalky and dry and like, like you know, mm-hmm. I don't want them to be that when they start to sink and the color comes in and it's like starts to get there, like the little sunrise thing happening at the top. Like I, I don't, I just don't like that. Some people don't care, but I don't like that. So for me, I'm mm-hmm. very, uh, to be honest though, if I'm going to be fair, I haven't noticed it much in Quebec. Whenever I go to Ontario uh, and go to the LCBO, Oh, I see some terrible, th- I'm talking six month old IPAs and yeah, maybe they're in the fridge, but they're six months old, man. It's pretty ridiculous. Yeah, and sure. the, I've told some of the breweries and they are pissed about it. And they, mm-hmm. you know, they're not happy. And they, they have less control over this, this larger government store than a independent specialty retailer. So it's a... Yeah, for sure. And also, mm-hmm. like, if, if they would have to check every... <laughs> I know that place too. Uh, if, if we, uh, <laughs> and if, if the breweries were about to to go and check every retailer and say like, okay, this batch is not good after that that time and everything, that would take them uh, a new employee full time, maybe two, to just check after a product. So it's more about yeah. like the people mm. are buying the product to make sure they have the right amount. They have not too many. They have just enough. And what's fun about it is like we have breweries that are really creative and really, really good at like having new release, releases. So if, I, if, if, we, if we miss a product, if we sold out a product, it's okay. Next week we're going to have a new one or maybe we can have like another one from another brewery and the cycle goes again. So we have fresh product on small batches and uh, this is our... We, we try to keep the product as fresh as possible. And mm-hmm. what, by doing so, you won't find a beer that's been six months old in a store. And like the brewers, the, the brewery itself won't have to come back to our store and saying like, yeah, this one is old. Let me create it for you. Or a customer that drinks it, it's like, well, it's not fresh at all. No breweries mm-hmm. want to, to have a customer that drinks a beer that is not fresh. Yeah. It's bad for them. It's bad for me. It's bad for everybody. It's mm. much cheaper for them to replace the beer than to lose that customer. Yeah. Sorry, Gil. 
Yeah, sorry. I was going to to add um, or just give some flowers to uh, Kevin because it's uh, our birthday tomorrow. Kevin is the the magician of the uh, inventory. Uh, every day, it's about what product um, is getting older, what product Sucker. is good, what product. Yeah, I know, I know. But, uh, it's getting late, and uh, <laughs> I had my vaccine buzz. So, um, so yeah, Kevin. Kevin is doing a, dr- a great job about it. Uh, I, I think it has a, uh, a fact to do with the hierarchy of a company. Uh, if you're at the top and you just build up money with many beer stores, maybe you don't give a damn about the product at the end or about how the people take care of the product. So having just a, a small business, we kind of look maybe more about it. I don't know. It's mm-hmm. a hypothesis, so we just um, we just look maybe a little bit. Uh, I don't know. What do you think about it? Uh, it's our baby, man. Yeah. So we just keep it in check. We try to make it as clean and fresh as possible. It's like this is what we're doing, you know. That's why it's hard to have like many other locations because you won't be there all the time. You don't want to be micromanaging stuff. Yeah, uh, you want it to be like organic, and and yeah, it's important. Yeah. It's it's uh, it's depend all all you see all you see the business, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I remember we do it that way, but it's not maybe the best way for others. Mm-hmm. That's it. That there's a business for everyone, and I think like uh, as an example, if I am a plumber uh, and I like doing my job. Do I want to create multiple plum, plumbing companies and just micromanaging them? Or I just want to do my stuff that I like and that I, I'm good at it. So uh, that's, an exam- that's an idea I had for a few times already. So I don't know. You want to be a plumber? <laughs> no, but as an example <laughs> of many companies. So. <laughs> maybe it could maybe. be Mario and Luigi, man. Ooh. We could... Could be the Natello and Rafael. <laughs> Who's uh, Rafael? You, Rafael. <laughs> I'm the Natello. No, what do you say? Who's who's gonna be uh, who's gonna be April? Uh, April only. I'm gonna ask Matt. Matt. I'll say Matt has to be yeah. April. Matt, Matt, yeah. <laughs> He's gonna kill us. So yeah. No, I think I think you're both right. And Guillaume made the point, and I was gonna say it's funny you said that because I was just thinking about that as you guys were talking that. The fact that you are a small independent retailer, each beer rep or each brewery can have a relationship with you. And you have a decent volume of stock to the point where as a consumer, I can walk in there and be like, damn, man, you've got everything right now, all this stuff. But it's also not overwhelming to the point that it's unmanageable. So I would imagine also you guys know how much of what sells. So you're like, well, I only need X number of cases of this because if I get too many cases, they're going to sit and then they're going to get old and people aren't going to like them. It's better to underbuy than to overbuy. And I've spoken to other breweries who say the same thing and they prefer that. But I think really, Guillaume, you did say that, that it's the fact that you guys are small. And then like you said as well, Kev, it's your baby. And it matters to you guys and that they meet you and look you in the eye and they know that you're the guy's putting your money up to make this store work. So you're going to take care of the product because taking care of the product is taking care of the customers and the customers are the reason you exist. 
So if you don't make sure that they're happy and they have everything they need, then the whole business is pointless and what the hell are you even doing there? Um, on that note, Montreal Beer Page, just earlier we were laughing, I probably, I always have to remember that this is an audio podcast as well, so if there's something that happens, I probably need to describe it. Uh, Montreal Beer Page said, I know a place that keeps the bottles in front of the window and the sun beaming down. I can actually think of two places uh, that do that. And one of them was my old place I used to go all the time. I didn't know. Like, this is like five years ago. And I'm, yeah, I learned the hard way not to buy hazy IPAs off the shelf. I just didn't understand what was happening. And now I, every time I walk past this place and I see how they have all this stuff sitting in the window, I'm just like, what are you doing? I just, I, I just can't understand how they can claim to be a craft beer, especially to be a store that, uh, It's called uh, it's called Vieille en fût de, de soleil. <laughs> Bit of sun aging, sunny barrel aged, sunny sunny barrel aged beer. No, that's yeah, uh, yeah. the best. God, do we gonna say something? No, I was oh, going to say la bière chaude. No bière chaude. That's the that's the episode name for sure. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, no, it's really cool that. Um, that you guys are doing it like that. And I think that that's the best way to manage this whole situation as far as the, the, the um, inventory. I guess the other thing is, so like when you make relationships with the brewery, so are you, are you guys meeting, I guess, sales, I guess sometimes the sales reps from the brewery, sometimes it's sales reps from the distributors. Is that usually how it works? Like, do you ever have, like, the owner of the brewery come in or something to sell you for the first time, to meet you and be like, hey, I'm the owner, this is my stuff, this is my sales person, they're going to be taking care of you, but I want to come and say hi. Does that ever happen at all? Uh, it's pretty much accurate, but mostly when you have a small breweries, usually you have, like, one of the corner uh, that comes and greets you for the first time and just to see what's up, you know, because uh, when you care about your product, you want to make sure it's well displayed. So usually smaller breweries, they tend to do that. Bigger breweries, they have sales rep. So they come by and like, if you have a, if you open the file with them, they're going to come and like, just make sure, hey, what's up, first contact, do you need anything? And everything's good. And we talk about like, the, the reality in the store of their product. You know, it's going well. Uh, this one's going well, this one's not. Um, but yeah, mostly it's like, it's all about contact. So people come, we talk. And uh, we have a really, not small, but we have a really specific uh, space. So everything is in the fridge. So if I have two places in my fridge, in my stouts, maybe, I can order two more stout next week. Or if I know from a certain breweries in two weeks they're going to drop a new stout, I'm going to wait for that stout because this is the one I want. And I'm just telling people, I'm like, hey, man, I don't have any place. I can't. Next time I, I order, and like most of them, they understand because this is a reality. You don't want your product to be out of the fridge when all the other products are in the fridge. Ooh. So mm-hmm. for us, this is how it works. But yeah, we have uh, we have good visit. But it's a bit. At first, it was a bit like uh, a lot because everybody went to see uh, the new place and like trying to to have their products uh, at, at our place. But like now, it's more calm and uh, it's more regulated. I, I would say. Right. 
so you guys have some nice relationships with everyone you need to know and it's all like nice and smooth and you kind of understand your clientele you know what they want or you know what beers they kind of uh excuse me well yeah what like styles and what breweries work and don't work i guess you can try some stuff out if it's not working like a while i guess mm-hmm. people don't like it and move on from that yeah pretty much interesting okay that's dope uh montreal beer page is saying i don't know think i understand this he says y'all need to open up a johnny truant or anna next uh, next time you open anna that's all oh, the beer that's the story <laughs> okay i know i know anna from um vox populi i think but what's uh johnny yeah. truant johnny truant is a pure badass of a stout it's a it's an irish dry stout there's been um i think it's been barrel age uh, but they put like some of the herbs in the um, Jagermeister. Ah, uh, that's cool. It's, it's really cool. And, like, it's hard. It's hard. Yeah, it's a bomb. Yeah, it's a bomb. You a bomb. you take one. You take one. It's good. You can take two if you want. But you you'll see like the moon and the you'll talk to the spirits. I think that's the cover of the canet. Uh, uh, if I remember, it's like a. Um, a dream catcher on it or something like, yeah, you can see the spirits with it. That's amazing. Who brews it? It's uh, avant-garde. Uh, we can do uh, shenanigans with it. Okay. What's that? Right. It's a really good one. Yeah. And uh, about the Anna, Anna is a, a typical, uh, I'm having a bad day. You check, you check one and then <laughs> the bad day is over. So bad day has gone. It's gone. Well, well, it's a it's a relief. It's a, uh, we have it's it. We, it's good. relief. It's <laughs> all mm-hmm. so you can there, ask. There's me. a specific. Yeah. I think there's a specific moment for the Johnny Truant or Diana. It's not like the everyday beer, but uh, you you get to to find your way with it. I like mm-hmm. that. Well, Montreal beer page, we're doing a uh, oh no, we're doing a chill kind of uh, thing tonight because the boys have a big day tomorrow with the first anniversary on that note i know we haven't really finished this one completely but should we move on to the next one being that we're trying you know trying to keep it moving oh well, you have i did man well let's right. move on could you please get the ipa which is the next one so tell us about uh this one man the next one uh next one which is the ogun quit uh, 3000 uh, it's a New England idea from uh, La Barberie. Uh, it's a really good one. Yeah, really great. Uh, I discovered it uh, this year. Um, I really fell in love with a lot of their products. So it's going to have a juicy, hoppy uh, style with it. Um, nice. Pretty smooth from what I remember. Um, little taste of grapefruit, uh, maybe passion fruit. Uh, well, it's a good juicy one. Uh, I love it. I'm excited. Uh, we went down there in August for the. Oh, I'd been there before a long time, but when when the COVID cases were basically none, we went down to Quebec mm-hmm. City and visited them again. I was so impressed. Oh, do you want to just take it? Mm-hmm. But their uh, their new stuff was just like so good in comparison to the. I mean, the old stuff was like fine. But the new stuff was like, woof, all their fruited stuff, their, uh, yeah, the haze was, just, I was super impressed. I love what's happening in Quebec City. Um, what's a, yeah, um, Kevin, why did you choose, I guess you chose all these beers, right? 
Yep. Uh, why did you choose this one? Um, because on the trend we have for AZ IPAs, most of them are really, um, really sugary, um, okay. which sometimes is good. And uh, I do enjoy big Easy Boys with love of alcohol and uh, residential sugar, residual sugar. Mm -hmm. And uh, this one is really like easy to drink. It's crushable. Um, the name of the beer is Ogonquit, which is a bit. Mm -hmm. um, what does that mean? Is that like a beach? Is that a beach? Yeah. Cool cat. It is. And uh, yeah. So this beach. is. This is the kind of beer like you want to crush when it's hot, right. and uh, you can drink it wherever you want. So it, it's everything you want, without being too heavy. I love it. I'm excited to try it. Um, yeah, they uh, picture first. Guys, picture first. You know the drill. I'm gonna get it while there's some head there. There you go. Tiff already got the good picture, so you know all the content creation, boys. It doesn't ever, ever stop. <laughs> Literally, everything is documented. But yeah, no, these guys were um, it's like, uh, really cool to see these guys like grow and change because I went there in 2014 before I even started the podcast and um, I drank a bunch of this stuff here and I was happy to go to the brewery. And when we went back last year, I was like, damn, man, these guys have like the Mega Fui, the no, Raptor, rap, what was it called? Mega, something like that. Yeah, uh, Mega Foot Raptor. Yeah, that one. That shit was like killer. Um, you know, the, the, just, all of their stuff, and they, they, what else did they give me? They gave me this other, like, hazy IPA, and I was just like, God damn, this is not the brewery I remember. Um, and I think these guys are one of the are really, really cool, like, uh, just, like, example of sort of how you can kind of grow and change and, you know, move with the time. So, oh, it smells great. Boys, get it in you. Oh, yeah. Mm. Something. Something to look. Nice. Okay. Do you know what hops are in this one? Mm. No? Does anyone know what hops are in it? No? No, it's, it's really good. It's a juicy, it's like, uh, it's everything you want. I mean, it's everything I would want to drink when it's hot. Yeah. Super fruity, eh? Mm-hmm. Mm. Like a nice little citrusy uh, thing going on. Mm -hmm. Um, so, okay. So what was else I was going to go there? Is there other things I want to sort of just find out sort of how it all works? Okay. So, you know, you're based here in Montreal, but you know, if once again, if people don't know, I'm always just trying to be conscious of people from elsewhere, but, uh, the way Canada works, it's pretty difficult to get beers from elsewhere in each province. Most provinces are pretty local as far as how they, you know, keep everything, uh, um, available it becomes a bit more of a thing it's starting to get to grow a little bit but you know it's, it's a little hectic so how do you guys go about uh, acquiring beers like this which is where the question comes from from quebec city you know from outside of montreal as you know further east i mean obviously gatineau and a lot of those folks are coming down here and doing the sales i know saint kiem shouts to chris you know dropping off everything every couple of weeks bar canada does the same thing um, I like Dreve, I imagine all that type of stuff. But you know, how do you guys form those relationships without of you know breweries that are further away, and how does the travel and all that stuff work? Well, um, for Barbary, mostly like we never met them yet. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I think we went by like 2010-ish, so we were not even ready to have a beer store. But, you know, like we love that product. Um, have a good communication with them, uh, with Sophie. Mm-hmm. And um, and it's once we can go there, it's going to this communication, this partnership will go higher because we mm-hmm. really like what they're doing. And uh, it's fresh, it's uh, complex, and uh, they keep on the hype of the of the New England, the mm-hmm. milkshake IPAs, everything, and like they do it their own way, which is like, which we like actually. You know, it's not this one doesn't taste like all the New Englands you can find. So. No. Mm-hmm. But yet, yeah, it's a good example because we don't have like. A personal relationship with them yet. Okay. Whereas we can have with other breweries. I mean, I guess and, uh, it's a little harder then. Yeah, but like even if from Quebec, it's it's easy. You know, most of the distributor goes by, they take the stock, go back to their warehouse, and distribute them after. So this one is like, a, see, it's a. Nine of, nine of April. Yeah, the same as the other one. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is we funny because two uh, weeks ago. Yeah, about Quebec and microbreweries. Last summer we did a lot of uh, how do you say aller-retour, uh, uh, just back and forth uh, to Quebec about uh, every two three weeks uh, to go that de- to go get some uh, beers from another brewery. So we we were there. We couldn't. I, I mean, our schedule was was tight, so it's a uh, we we miss them by a lot, by a little, just to to get to the get contact with them. Yeah, but instead, if we went to another place, we just had the connection with the uh, one of the brewers, or if you remember, Kev, uh, about Quebec or about another one which is uh, in the south, um, which is Livingstone, just oh, yeah. getting Trevor. there. Yeah, Trevor, which is is a nice guy. We like his stuff. Uh, at the beginning, we were just going there to get his stuff, so we were just like getting getting the the opportunity to uh, to have his uh, his great beers. So yeah. So then, why do you physically have to go there to pick it up, or you guys were just traveling to Quebec City? Uh- most depends on small smaller breweries like Livingstone. We need to go there sometimes. But Trevor Trevor did one one time. He, he delivers, but most of the time you need to go there when you need stock. Interesting. Uh, same from uh, let's say Noctem. For a long time, you had to go to Quebec to pick it up. Uh, now they're going through a distributor now, so it's easier. But at the same time, when uh, when we order stock, it's not coming the same week, it's coming the week after. But if we go there in person, we can have it like right away. So um, it's another so game. We, it depends on on you want to create a hype or not by having the last one uh, of their beers, you know? Mm-hmm. Yo, that's actually really smart. Like if you bother to go there, like do that, like you said, the, the three-hour return, you know, go there and back, go up to Quebec City, and and it could be worth it as a spot in Montreal. I didn't even think about that. 
Like if you well, get off your, yeah, and you just go get it, then you're the first one to have the beer. And then yeah, it, like, depends. If, it depends. I think it depends. Further, sorry, who's going to go first? I, I will. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I will. Uh, because I think it depends. You, you can just go there and say, I made three hours just to get your stuff, so give me your stuff, and have that attitude, which I maybe saw or maybe I didn't, didn't solve. So right. if, you get, if you get there with the intention of just um, getting his stuff and not making connections, it's, it's, a, it's a different game than just, hi, we like your stuff. We just have want to have a little few and uh, get back to our city and sell your products that we will talk about. So that that was uh, happening at the beginning, uh, let's say, with Nectem. And uh, the guys were great. Uh, they always say, like, yeah, the little chit-chat about the COVID when it was at the, at the high. So we're just uh, having our little road trips once again. But to get the product, for the people at the neighborhood. So um, it was a different game than just, um, I would say, the capitalist one. Uh, I'll take everything you have and just go back to my to my place. So that, that's the difference, I would say. Yeah. yeah, there's also one point that you need to to make on what you say, Craig, like that you, you said you didn't think about it, but like, let's say there's a new drop of Noctem tomorrow. And we order some. It's it's verified, so we can go grab it. If you go grab it, it's like almost five five hour thirty of drive to Quebec, plus the gas, plus the person driving it. And some people, when they do it, they boost the price of the beer because you have like another cost to the beer, you know. And uh, so you can find like some of the Noctem, but not know anymore, I wish, but before they distribute some, the Suricat could have been at eight dollar, eight fifty when the beer is not eight or eight fifty. But there's a hype. You have it first, or in the first person. But like, there's a price to it, and the customer is paying for it. So mm. that's not that's not cool. Okay, that's a good point as well. I mean, I guess if you don't add those extra costs to the final cost of the beer, it kind of makes it pointless for you guys because then you're losing money to get the beer first. Well, yeah, or or you can just go there because you know your customers will be happy and not charge for it. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I guess there's that too. And then when you think I was about to say the second part of that, is if people know that, say, Lacanet always has X brewery stuff early because you bother to drive those, you know, like you said, five and a half hours return to do that and you don't charge extra, they would be like, well, yeah, cool, let me grab the Noctem or whatever, but then let me, while I'm here, let me grab this and this too. So, you know, th- that loyalty comes in and people will just want to shop with you because. You're getting the stuff yeah, first. Yeah. You're going out of your way to get it for them, and you're not charging for that privilege. So, you know, I, I imagine uh, that would ne- create. That. Well, we never charge for what we've been getting because it's like, as Guillaume said, we we've been making connection with the people too. So it's like a little chit chat 
not think I said, but mostly, and then we go back with the stock. So, but you could easily add those those costs to anything, you know. And this is where you need to to know what you're doing because are you doing it by because you like it or are you doing it just to make the big buck? And by doing the big buck, you can you can do anything. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's, a, it's a good point. And I, I imagine that that's a thing. Like, or, or actually, here's a better question. Is there a fixed retail price that each brewery puts on a beer? Like, do they say, hey, I'm selling you this for this much, but the final retail price is this much, and you have to charge that? Or is that not really a thing? Uh, we have, like, a, um, a price um, from the brewery. Uh, usually it's about like 30% off what they're selling it to us. So it's the cost of the beer plus 30%. It's mostly like the general rule for everything. Uh, some of them, they don't don't put anything because they know we will put like 30% on it um, point period. But it, it's, really, uh, it's up to everybody to put the price, you know up to you there's laws uh, about the minimum price you can put on a beer depending which format and to give you an idea um, you know a 355 millimeters so the smaller can uh, the the law is like you can't sell it under one dollar and seven cents so it's up to you for the prices Interesting. So every depth can charge a different price for, a dip, for the same beer. Pretty much. But at the same time, if you don't follow the, the 30%, if you go, let's say, uh, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put us in a bad example, okay, because I don't want uh, to dirty anybody. But let's say you go to Virgin Beer, which is the closest to our store, and you see a beer at $6, and you came to our store and the beer is $7. It doesn't make sense for the customers, you know. It's like gotcha. going to be why this one seven when it's at six. Um, mm. So you, you need to keep like a good uh, a good pricing because first of all, it's beer. Okay. Yes, there's a craft behind it. There's talented people behind it, but still, it's it's just beer, and uh, it's it sucks even for for us as customers. You go to a place and like you pay nine dollars for a can, man. It's it sucks, man. Yeah, you I don't pay nine good. bucks for even if the beer is good or not. It's just like I think it's outrageous to have like such prices. Yeah, it's an interesting the, the pricing. Of, that's, I mean, that's a great conversation in and of itself here. Like you know, the 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 cost of making a lot of these beers is quite high as far as you know the hops they're using. Um, which I think is makes up a bulk of it. I mean, if you get a pastry stout, they're pretty ridiculous. They've got a lot of expensive things like yeah. vanilla or coconut in them or whatever. So there's all of these things that they have ingredients in them. But it, a lot of people ask, like, why is it still so expensive? But even after that, but there's there's two things about it. Is like first, uh, a beer has a specific cost. I'm no I'm no brewer, but like. You have the consing, which is 20 cents, let's say. You have like a specific price for the canning uh, system. 
uh, if you borrow a canning system or if you have one, you know, you have to, to put your costs on it. Mm -hmm. And then after you have like the time you're using your curve, you have your, your grain, you have your hops, but most of it, you know, the, the price, the cost we have for beers, the breweries are making money on that cost. So the, the price we sell is a double of the cost. Yeah. I might be wrong, but like that's, that's all they can survive by selling us their beers, you know? Uh, they can't sell beers at cost, at real cost for us. And, um, and as you said, you know, if you have like a, a double dry up, you have more ups, triple, quadruple ups. And pastry um, start, you have all these malts, all these ingredients that you, all these adjuncts you need to put in. But on the other end, you know, you can do seltzer, which costs basically nothing and put fruit puree in it and then sell it like a, at the outrageous price and like people are still buying it. That's a problem mm -hmm. because that should not be the price. And if I may add something about the price, when you pay for something for the product, it already, it already has calculated the margin for the promotion of it. So when you have, a, mm -hmm. let's say, our store, we would spend X thousand dollars just in publicity, just to make the product sell. Uh, that will count in the final product and the bigger you get the bigger you want to get and the bigger you want to get money out of it so uh, as staying small i think we as we um, we expect and as we do we don't spend a lot of money on publicity and marketing we just want to have the the real price that we can get out of it just so we can survive have a good life out of it not getting too um, too much um, over over hype or over uh, I, I'm looking overkilled. for the term but overkilled about it so um, I think if there's a place you see hmm they're they're selling that beer a little bit too much what is it behind do they pay their employee very much higher than the rest do they spend more money on stuff that is publicity and stuff that doesn't have a link to the product. So that's a kind of question that the customer should have. Or as we try to do, we don't try to go in that way. We just want to have the, the, the more, uh, the more uh, factual price, maybe. I don't know. That's, a, that's an idea I had. It's good for any products anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it works for everything. It doesn't matter what the industry is. It's a good point. When I I used to go to this, I went. I think they've actually closed down now. But I used to go to this one beer store, not too far from you guys, and I always felt I never really looked at the prices in comparison. But I always like maybe bought whatever four beers, six beers, eight beers, and I always looked at the price. I'm like Jesus Christ, this is expensive. What is happening? And I, I have a feeling in hindsight they were adding extra to it for sure compared to other places. Um, I always remember being shocked by, and I think I, to, I told the dudes that when we had them on, the uh, Bar Canada L'Aspiration, the Pilsner. It was like when I bought it for the first time, it was like $7.50 and I couldn't believe I was spending $7.50 on a Pilsner. And I was like, what are they putting in this beer 
that makes it $7.50. So I don't know if that was the but, but I obviously didn't get it for, I got it from here, from the store. I didn't get it from there. So I always kind of wondered how that sort of worked and, you know, how much control the, the retailer had over the actual end price of, uh, of these beers. So it's good to know that it is up to the individual retailer to, to you know, to yeah, put that price on. I have another point that is really interesting. is like when, when you do an IPA or really OPI IPA, yeah, you put more, more ups, but most of the time it takes five to six days to make it. When you do a Pilsner or a Lager, it takes at least three weeks three weeks and maybe sometimes to let it maturate. I don't know if it's the the word for it. So let's say it takes you a week to make one beer. On the other side, you want to make a Pilsner. It takes you a month. Why the Pilsner is still cheaper than the IPA? Because you you lose your tank for like three more weeks by doing a Pilsner or a Lager. But once again, I don't brew, so I don't know, but... See, if you look at it like that, that's a good question. question. That's, a great, that's a great question to ask a brewery on some, like, it's not even judgmental, just be like, what's the difference? And, and how do you price out your stuff? Because yeah. I think that even though the Pilsner is less expensive as far as ingredients, if you actually put them side by side, the actual ingredients are... Mm-hmm. I would imagine significantly cheaper because of the hops. If you compare a Pils to an IPA, I was looking. We're doing a collab with a brewery uh, now, and we were looking at the. They sent me the hop sheet that they're looking at because we were trying to pick the hops. And um, I was looking at the prices of, like, say, the Incognito hops, and it's, it's insane. It's like six hundred dollars yeah. for the same thing that, say, like a Centennial is like thirty or forty dollars. Like the, the, for, I don't know if it's like a kilo or an ounce or whatever the hell they charge it by, like volume, but like, and I do understand the reason why it is, but it's just like, you know, these hops aren't cheap. I've seen the price sheets, you know, it's crazy. So, you know, it, it's an interesting conversation because even though they've got the same, maybe similar amounts of grain, like those hops go and make the pills that take six weeks, but the, the, the IPA takes two or three, but the IPA costs six, seven times what a Pilsner costs. So why would you be able to charge the same price, seven fifty for a Pilsner as a hazy IPA that you know could be seven, eight dollars type of thing? Double IPA at least. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's Good interesting. Questions. Yeah. Once again, this is not like even like a judgmental thing for any breweries. I'm just curious. Like I just wonder what it costs. Like, yeah, yeah. We we are curious because you can have like Pilsner with our price at four fifty. Mm-hmm. Not the price we sell at four fifty five dollars, and we have like big IPAs that we need to sell like seven fifty something like this, and breaks my heart to put that kind of price. But like this is the business. This is the price we get. Yeah, we we get sold to that price, and we put that thirty percent, and that's it. Sometimes I'm even going lower because uh, I think it's outrageous to get like that price. But, I mean, like. Know. It's a, I, I, well, first of all, that's very noble of you to do that, to really care about the, the community. I think that with like IPAs, there's, an un, there's a level of understanding from the, at least the hazy IPA drinking community that, you know, these beers are not cheap. If you're paying less than six bucks for a can of hazy IPA, 
I'm wondering what's happening there. Um, uh, I, yeah, yeah I, think I, I think I know what's happening. It's the um, it's the pleasure you get out of the social approbation of paying more than six <laughs> seven dollars out of it. it I, I think it's a Could factor be. in it. Yeah, could be, probably, but I don't know. Uh, it's just a another hypothesis. Yeah. So. Uh, it's, it's it's true though. If, if you go in a store and you buy a, a easy IPA or a New England double IPA, it's like four dollar for it. You know something's wrong, as you said, and like you won't be as happy to drink it. So there's a special price that you can go lower. Sometimes we have. It happens too, you know. We we lower the price, and sometimes we have to put it just a bit, just to make sure the customer is like, "Oh, this is cheap." Um, but so not too cheap. Put like maybe, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like if it's too cheap, the customer won't buy it because it's too cheap. Something's wrong. So we That's we really need to find that balance between the two. Ah. So uh, we we'll drink a beer at four dollars, and the beer's being really good. Or if the drink is four fifty, you're like, oh yeah, cool. No, four fifty is a good price. It's a good cheap beer. <laughs> That's actually a fantastic point, particularly in the space. It didn't really happen here in Quebec, but uh, I think it was a couple of years ago there was a big deal in Ontario about like the bucket beer thing, and like you know, there's like one faction of the market that wants stuff like cheap as shit. They want the cheapest they can get it at, and then the haze people, for example, because they're the easiest ones, you know. We know that these beers are expensive. I, I think it's more that, like, if a hazy IPA is four dollars, you know, what hops are they using in this? Are they even using enough hops? Like, are they? Is it even going to taste good? Because, or are they just trying to lose? Like, what? Why would you not charge for the hops that are supposed to be in this beer? Like, most people are pretty aware that hops are highly expensive, particularly if you have like harder to get hops, Nelson and stuff like that that are you know. Mm-hmm. highly sought after and very expensive. So I think that's probably where that comes from. There could be a little element of what you're saying, Guillaume, that people just, oh, yeah, man, that's what you do. I, I always pay $9 a can and stuff. There's probably people like that for sure, I, w- I would imagine. Okay. But yeah, I, kind of uh, validation, I would say, out yeah. of it. Uh, you, you get to live because you paid for it or something like that. But Yeah, yeah that certainly could be a thing. Um, as far as the way people approach it, it it's it's a, it's a fascinating, weird world, particularly the, the hazy IPA. When it, and then when you bring the distribution into it, it's even stranger. Because if you go to a place like Brewski or Masorum or something to, that are known out here for those hazy IPAs, I mean, I think sometimes even, a, even at those places for the higher end, you're paying maybe a triple IPA. You might be paying 30 bucks as four pack. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that comes to nine dollars something a can, and people pay it because they're like, "Oh, well, these guys are known for that. They're not going to charge unnecessarily." Like everything seems pretty in line, but then you know those breweries don't distribute, so you can't really even compare it. If you know, you know, I mean, Sir John's probably a good example. But I don't think they're really overcharging for their stuff from from memory. I think their stuff is pretty reasonable. Yeah, we're we're gonna have a. Uh... And we can go back to the the first conversation. We're gonna have some Sir John gonna drop on Saturday, and um, hopefully we'll be on their narrow daily routine of uh, delivering us um, because they have the new uh, they have their new uh, 
I'll say. Shop the uh, factory. The new factory. Yeah. yeah, the new factory. So they will be able to uh, to deliver a bit more and to uh, a bit more people. So cool. by delivering more, they will be able to cut a bit their cost. It won't be. It will be, but still a bit less hype because it's easy to get more people will have it. And uh, mm. and the price is not that bad. Uh, I mean, I mean, I checked it today by doing. Uh, I put it in a system, and like, we seen worse price. And like, I remember when I said like, oh, eight dollar for a beer. It's a, it's oof. But the first surgeon I bought was super expensive. But now, they're not that expensive compared to others. And that's good. To circle back yeah. to what we've been saying, it's uh, it's it's it shows a certain interest in it. You know, it's still mm. really OP, but still not the highest price, which is important. And it's nice to see them sort of be able to do that full circle uh, situation where they're able to you know open a larger second production facility and um, and be able to produce stuff at a cheaper price. It's great. I love that. And it, look. But is that what it takes? Is that what it takes for breweries to be able to sell stuff at a lower, more affordable rate for a lot of consumers? Because there are price-sensitive consumers for sure, like absolutely, who do understand. Mm. Like, I feel like some it's interesting. I mean, you guys would know more than me. But like, you know, I imagine there's some people who are like the hype boys or girls who just want the hype and they don't give a fuck about what it costs. They're like, cool, that's what it costs. Whatever, take my money. There's going to be some people who just want, you know, like they're kind of in the middle. They want some sort of hype stuff, but uh, it's more than uh, 550. I don't know, man. You know, like I feel like there's like a, there's multiple consumers that are probably price based. Like, is that accurate? And like, what does that kind of look like? Oh, I don't know. I would say for us, most of the people, they don't look at the price. Okay. Like they take the beer because it's new or because the branding is pretty cool. Um, we have a, also on the other end, we have people that really check out the price and they're like, oh, $6 for a New England IPA, it's too much for me. And not mm-hmm. for them or for their budget, it's mentally, it's too much because it's just... They don't want to pay. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And we drink, we drink, we like mm-hmm. to drink like really cheap beers too. And uh, it's always amazed me like, what you can do with 20 bucks, man. You can have the <laughs> cheapest mouse liquor, a six pack, some dirty chips, and like $17. That's it. Tax in. It's crazy. Crazy. Uh, I've discovered that there is uh, as many types of customers as there are many types of breweries, maybe. Um, probably, probably. From the last year, I think... All the example you can think of, um, which are uh, cheap or not cheap customers, or they look or they don't look, or it's all the same for the breweries. I think uh, we there's the market for it, so people will find a, a niche, will find a way in it. So uh, mm-hmm. that's what I've discovered. I think there's yeah. been a wave of um, some really good breweries to my mind, that they went for a cheaper version to be sold in, like, bigger uh, grocery stores. And, like, <laughs> I'm like, that 
but yeah, but it it pays the bill. They they're doing like a, a more cheaper version of their beers. So of the same beer, price. not the same beer, but like still, it's mm, it's a craft beer skew. made yeah. by by talented brewers that goes into but, shelves like by and but for it's been thick market, right? Yeah, so it's that's actually smart. Too. That's really smart. It's smart, but at the same time, if you want to go and buy these beers, if we circle back to the the, the shelf life of a beer, well, you, you can have it like for six months and wouldn't wouldn't be a problem because you pay two eighty nine three dollars for it. So and and the people who are buying that don't know anyway. The stuff they don't they don't, they don't know. know. So it's fine. It's like not optimal. But look, if you. The thing I find, and you guys might have noticed this, the thing I've always noticed about craft beer, there's like the real beer purists who are just like, you know, it's all about beer and the love of beer and how things should be. And then there's the people who understand business. At the end of the day, people always forget that craft beer is a business too. And they have to make money. So I'm yes. never mad at breweries that do shit like that. As long as they're not misleading their consumers and they're, you know, being honest with what they're doing. And if they've got a skew that's for the supermarkets – and it's some shit that they know is a decent enough beer, but they can make it cheap to appeal to that cheap market. And then some of those people might use that beer as a gateway beer and gateway breweries extraordinarily undervalued. And that brewery could bring those consumers into craft beer. And you can, yeah. Yeah. You know, like there's, there's such a, an important thing that a lot of people like, don't respect so there's you know there's definitely a uh a, a, there's room for that type of thing obviously that's not what you guys do um because you would also be able to stop the other craft beers that are sort of not aimed at a supermarket kind of demographic but like a craft beer demographic that might be the noobs type of thing the new folks to it to give them to get into beer do you do you have those type of people or do you mostly have like serious beer nerds? Like who's uh, we have, we have both, but mostly we have like people that just want to enjoy uh, their nights, and a bit like Guillaume said, like, oh, six dollars, seven dollars should be good, even though they're pretty new and everybody has a palate, right? Right. So something you're gonna drink now would taste maybe like you don't understand the hype. Next year, you will be, oh, man, ours is really bad. This is, it, it's a spot because your palate is not there yet. So, right. but people are just like, oh, it's seven bucks. It's cute. Let's go. I'm drinking craft beer. And that's it's like it. a fun uh, thing. The, ah, cool. Exactly. Exactly. Like more that. on the fun. And then you have people that are really more, I don't want to say beer gigs because it's not. But more people that are more uh, putting foc- focusing and putting attention in to what they're doing, you know. So mm. this one, oh, I tried it already. I don't want to drink it again because I tried it once. I liked it. Was good. I need something new. Um, mm. we we gotta manage this kind of two type of customers together. Interesting. That's cool. I like that. I like that people just come in and they're like excited to have a night where I'm just going to drink a bunch of craft beer. Craft beer is cool. And they'll just be like, that's pretty can. That sounds nice. Seven bucks, whatever. They'll just drop their money and do that. That's dope. I like that. 
because then they might stumble on you. But that's why people like you guys are so valuable because someone can come in and they'd be like, you know, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not really into craft beer. I want to have a night. I want to drink a bunch of beers. What do you like? Oh, well you, and you can talk them through and guide them into choosing the right beers so that they exactly. enjoy them. And then they not only come back to you guys, but they come back to craft and they just keep, you know, they can come in and be like, all right, I tried these ones. What do you, you know, what do you, what else should I get? And I know people really yeah, like to have a relationship with their, their depth. It's, it's about they, like educating people. And like, uh, as I said, some people did just come because they like us, they like the vibe. And then after they like the beer. And they, they kind of develop a trust with our, our tips uh, because mm. our store are always have some good beers, but um, we just don't want to do like this. Uh, this beer is really good. You should taste it and get rid out of it. Most of us, 100% of our beers are something we taste, something we are proud to sell, and we're just like happy to make it discover. So right. uh, uh, there's a different... 99%. 99.9. Because sometimes, sometimes I fucked up and and uh, it's wrong. Yeah, and it uh, happens. It happens. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah we, do, we do make we do make mistakes. That's true. Uh, but mistakes we try still to, sell. Yeah, but but it, we, try, it takes, we try to not make them to the customers to make the same mistakes. So good point. Everybody has a palate. So if. Yeah. 80% of the people don't like it. Maybe you have 20% that it's it's the best beer ever. Just like, Great. I'm not going to order it back. So, But these people might, right? So it's I love that. Um, on that note, I just noticed the time. Shall we crack the last beer and start to yeah, yeah. wind out? I don't want to keep I'm you good. guys up. Um, yeah, I'm good. I need to use the okay. washroom. So do you guys want to maybe talk about, I'm going to unplug this so I can hear it. My house isn't very big. So. All right. Uh, do you want to order uh, the bit? Right. Hey, what, what? you say? And Kevin will. Uh, Kevin will do a, a watch. <laughs> I'm watching you. What? <laughs> watching you. Uh, you can't. You can't watch what you're doing, sir. Okay. Okay. I apologize. I apologize. <laughs> Can you guys talk about the uh, the next beer? Do, do you have it there? Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. yeah. Well, we can talk about the beer, or I can talk. Oh uh, yeah. We're, we're going to talk about the beer. Okay, talk about you're gonna talk. About, I, I don't trust this guy. Tiff, watch this guy. Hello, Tiff. On a le show à nous. Qu'est-ce qu'on fait? Non, c'est Fait que bienvenue au show de la canette. Fait que au final, brûlez toutes. Fuck le capitalisme. Buvez de la bière. Non, non, non. J'étais-tu un peu trop? J'étais-tu un peu trop anti-capitaliste? Peut-être. Maybe. Un peu. No, I guess. Stafford. I guess, but personne n'a commenté. Let's say, let's say non, we ça. talk about the beer. Ouais. Ça, euh, we'll talk. Je ne l'ai pas avec moi. Je <rire> pas avec toi. Comment ça? Tu pas la fédo? Je peux te la... Je peux. Alors, nous allons boire la Fido, qui est une Oatmeal Stout de 5e Baron. Puis, dans la série de, des bières vraiment faciles à boire, euh, c'est une start à la voix très basic, mais d'un autre côté, classique, excellemment bien faite. 
Euh, puis au lieu d'aller pour des pastry stout ou des bières à 10%, puis euh, avec de la vanille, du cacao, des affaires de même, ça finit bien la soirée, ça nous permet de comme, se réveiller frais aussi demain matin. Euh, mm -hmm. Au début, j'allais aller pour euh, la crépuscule de, de Tamara, que j'aime beaucoup. Tu sais, le, la start impériale. Euh, ah ouais, c'est ça. Mais euh, à 10%. OK. 10% que Lion. What? <laughs> la crépuscule. I love it. All of uh, the rest of Canada and Australia and America has all tuned out now. All right. All right. Hi, guys. So, hey, bonjour. Wow, My time to go grab the beer. We're multicultural here. We're multilingual. You know, we're, uh, we do everything. Hablas espanol? So, uh, no, uh, hablo un poquito. Oh, okay. I see. Si. Si. Uh, ich, um, ich spreche ein bisschen Deutsch. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Dry Fontaine. That's all I know. Dry Fontaine. <laughs> so, yeah, we we um, um, we talked a, a little bit about the beer and about our little uh, capitalist views, but I, I hope it doesn't get in your way. Or uh, No, I was completely joking. I love it. It's okay. Hey, man, we're, think, we're in Quebec, you know, we got to represent. Yeah, sure. So I just, hope, I just hope you have a great night. How is your night going? Uh, man, Craig? it has been fantastic. Uh, I've been looking forward yeah. to having you guys on, man. Like, seriously, uh, it's, uh, I, I love hearing the story. I find that, like, it's super interesting to get a perspective from the industry that isn't the same as, uh, you know, we talk to 95% of people we talk to were breweries, right, which is what this podcast is for but we really do get a lot of value from um you know from, from talking to people like you guys to bring a whole other perspective so i i love it i love hearing what you guys have to say about this that's why i was you know talked to kevin a bunch we got to chat the other day man but like it was really cool to you know to get this actual industry side of things from from you both so I appreciate you both. We have also Hop Citizen saying, what up, guys? Got to visit your spot one day. You definitely do, man. It's, a, it's honestly like I can't even front. It's my, it's my favorite store. It's amazing. Um, and uh, Montreal Beer Page says, thank you, Emma. Killing it. You'll see the drop today. Yes, sir. They did their uh, they get their first anniversary coming up next weekend, I think. Or is it this week? No, it's this week. Yeah. Which is awesome. Huge congrats to the team, man. I love those dudes. Would you like the pour shot or we're doing a pour shot? Um, tell us why you chose this beer, uh, fellas. Uh, this beer, it's pretty easy to drink. Instead of going for, uh, as I said, when you were uh, in the bathroom. Yes, um, having a great time. Usually we, yeah, you enjoyed? Oh, I loved it. Did you wash your hand? Never. Never? Cool. Not once. More drink. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> Actual slime yeah. beer, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, that's a secret. Uh, uh, yeah, I was saying, like, instead of having a big pastry stout, uh, vanilla, cocoa, uh, everything, you, everything you can put in a beer, mm -hmm. uh, we went for the oatmeal stout. Yes. Um, it's really classic, but it's heavenly made. Yes. Like, Sankey M, in and my opinion, are the... Sorry, go on, continue. Man. Continue. No, it's it's as an oatmeal salt should be. That's exactly it. 
I love so it. That's why it's fun. It's five. It's five percent, so it's easy to drink at the end. Usually, I tend to like it when I'm eating, but mm. maybe you can have some peanuts with this. Cheers, boys. Santé. Santé. Mm. Nice glass. I got the Sankiem glass. You know, you can can't really see it. Yeah, me too. Me too. You got the same one? Oh, you got the nicer one. Oh, you got the newer one. Hey. Mine's got the black print. They're like, I'm I'm gonna call Jacob right now. (laughs) How come I don't have mine? Kevin, where's mine? I think Kevin's holding it from you. Have you stolen it out of the store? Oh yeah, that's what they say. Yeah, they all say that. Mm. Well, this is great. Okay, I actually I've had this. uh, I, I haven't had this beer before. Um, this is a great, like oatmeal stouts are extremely underrated as well. Um, yeah, man. it's only 5.5%, like you said, uh, nice and light, no, none of the crazy stuff that, uh, you know, you typically find. Do they have any adjuncts in this at all? I don't think so. Eh? It's just straight up and down. Nope. Um, just yours. <laughs> just me. Um, yeah. Hub Susan was like, yes, the Sankiem was today. My bad. Yes, it was. You're correct. He was going to crack yeah. a fiddle. Would have been perfect. Went for a Masorum instead. Hey, you have to have the Masorum before the fiddle anyway, bro. You did the right order. Um, this yeah. is great. Uh, but we can, yeah, we yeah. can uh, celebrate uh, Cinquième Baron's birthday too. Uh, it was today, I guess, uh, if I remember. Which is just yes. nearly as our, uh, which is... as our entering business uh, there. Yeah. So all, all you I guys know. all knew is the pandemic. It's all you knew. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so pretty much uh, same as them. Yeah. Uh, All the I remember too. as the um, 13th of March in uh, 2020, mm-hmm. I was um, I was going to the notaire just to sign the papers and in the morning. And then in the afternoon, they just shut it down, everything. Uh, that's a, yeah, that yeah. was a, a, not a kind of panic. It was just kind of funny, but we what's happening and we had the time to do it our way too. Uh, we just have the little bump with the, an electrician. Um, mm-hmm. But still we, we had the time to do it our way uh, without getting uh, too much uh, stress about the pandemic. So, yeah. Which is yeah, good. We int- lost three weeks. Three weeks and that's it? That's not too bad. I was yeah, gonna- it's not too bad, but still three weeks lost because somebody doesn't want to come into a store all by himself. So mm. uh, it's a bit cheaty. No, you're right. Yeah. Um, and it's a real shame. But one thing that I guess was positive from this is that um, craft beer overall seems to have only grown and, and gotten uh, stronger throughout yeah, all of this which is pretty damn cool when you think about it that uh, you know it, it's it's cool but like if if you if you're selling more craft beers you need like breweries to be more efficient or you need more breweries you know and uh i was talk about you know that we talk on uh, messenger the other day is like we have lots of new breweries that are just for the money and they're not taking care that much about the product and it needs, it needs to be stopped at some point because it's not what you want in, in the craft beer industry. You know, they're trying to get the beer gigs, but being on shelves at the big groceries. And 
I mean, it's still good because it's craft beer, but it's not. You you need to put like a, I'd say a difference between real craft beer and like macro beer. You know. Yeah, that's and, that's a fair point. I think people know. Do you guys think consumers are aware of that? Yes, I know. So uh, some people, you know, the groceries they have uh, they have prices because they order in such large quantities that that's massive, you know, um, and they have prices on it so they can sell at lower price. So when you're at IGA, Metro, whatever, it's all at the same space near the cash and the the, the cashiers, let's say, right. and like. It breaks my heart every time I see that. I'm like, oh man, I'm saying this beer, that amount because that's the way we do it. And then they say it's like a dollar fifty cheaper. I'm like, we can't live with that. We can't compete with that. And like, there's breweries that just are created just to fill up that market, and that sucks. Yeah, I mean, like, there's a couple ways, once again, what we were saying before, there's a couple ways to look at it. Yes, it sucks that it's not the same thing, you know, for supermarkets and for specialty stores. And obviously, specialty stores are really what's driving the craft beer industry. There's something to be said about breweries that are the gateway breweries, and they're a lot of the ones that were were slash are in the, the grocery stores. They're the ones that people like us aren't super interested in in any shape or form, but they do play a small role in, in, in bringing people into the industry. Take, cause what's yep. more important is taking people away from Coors and Bud and all that bullshit and bringing them across to craft. Now, if it's the craft beers that are kind of supermarkety kind of brands that aren't fantastic by our standards and maybe, you know, then cool, I guess. As long as they start to continue to explore craft beer and they get excited about it, then at some point the supermarket won't cut it. They can be like, well, I need a specialty store where I can find more of this stuff. Yeah, and also on the same point, you have, we have sometimes the same product and people, they like to come shop at our places and in specialty store because... It's a specialty store. It's different. It's uh, it's something outside the home. It's something that you you're supposed to have a great time when you come and find your beer for the night. Uh, whereas when you do your groceries, you don't especially want to to grab uh, trois mousquetaires and put them in your in your gasket. You know. It's true. So, so you you can. People, yeah. I mean, you can. Oh yeah, you can. You should if, if you're. So, if you're smart enough, you should do that. But yeah. at the same time, you're you're making um, you're giving your money to big groceries, man. IGA means International Grocery Alliances. There are IGA in Australia too. Well, yeah, that's how I and, knew it. I couldn't believe it was over here. Yo, Ooh, that's fucked up. If you if you go to smaller shop, usually you give money to the people that are working on the floor, and you help your neighbors live. And making their way in life. So, and people they're they're doing that automatically because it's not cool to buy craft beer at the grocery store mm. because there's no vibe because there's no uh, advice. Knowledge, yes, yes, and so they're not well there's, treated. There's too. two points to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let Let's say Amazon uh, shipping mm. uh, crafty beers or 
would you buy from them or like, if we can good point i don't know i, I don't that's <sighs> a good point amazon is a tricky one that's a really good comparison for all of this because amazon fucking gets you man like i wish i didn't <laughs> use them as much as i did but i always uh-huh. was tr- when i never ordered online until the pandemic i ordered online occasionally but like hardly ever now it's like I didn't even think about going to retail. I think of going online to get it. And my immediate is to like, all right, how can I get it local? And it always ends up being too hard. So then you end up going to Amazon. Um, Mm -hmm. Something like craft beer is too personal for me, I think, to go to something so impersonal. Mm -hmm. Do you drink coffee? Very. I'm heavy. I think we talked about this. I'm third wave... I, I, I'm just yep. as nerdy about coffee as I am about beer, yes. And I only order from either local cafes who sell other, other coffee or I go direct to the roasters. And I always order oh, yep. local, yeah. But let's say like you, you drink coffee, you're, you're going to go, and let's say you're, you're, you want a cup to go, you know, you want an espresso, Corrado, whatever you, you like. Uh, oat milk and latte. You like to go. Okay. Yeah, and, and you go Vegan to life. your specific... <laughs> you go to your specific coffee shop because you like the vibe, you like I do, yes. everything about it. You like the smells, you like uh, the barista. Uh, they make you drink in front of you. They give you a drink. You drink it. Thank you. Bye-bye. But you will never order an espresso online. No. It's Why weird. not? Because it starts um, to feel you're right. And, and this is... You're making your point. Continue. Yeah, you're a great point. And and that's that's the whole point with Amazon and with uh, and with why we're not doing like deliveries and uh, shopping online because as you say, it's impersonal. If you know exactly what you want, it's fine. If you want to get surprised, it's fine too. But if you want that experience, you can't have it. That's very true. And, I f- yeah, you're right. And that's what Starbucks and all that shit. That that shit pisses me off as much as macro beers. I hate it. And we in Myland, the Starbucks just went, they shut it down like a couple months ago. I was so happy because it shouldn't be. You know, here. I I used to work for Starbucks for five years, and like they always said, it struck to me if and the guy said the 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 manager for Quebec. He said like if a company sell um, coffee online, like Amazon, we're done. Hmm. And that's the whole point to it, you know. It's hmm. like, well, like it's like some stuff can be only online and everything. You know, you can find your way, but like hmm. as you said, you would go to that little coffee shop, like only that yes. Little, uh, My pushback on same. that would be if the small producers ship. So in Ontario. I can mm-hmm. order from any brewery. Almost every brewery in the province has an online store. So as a drinker, mm-hmm. say I'm on Instagram and I'm like, oh, I want to try something from Town Brewery, but I live in London and Town Brewery's in you know, just outside of Toronto. I'd be like, well, I can't get there anytime soon because it's like three hours drive. I'm like, well, I'll order them and they'll deliver to me. Like I can get half oh, hours on earth started cool. the game, right? But you have to know the shit. I ordered, like recently, my last two orders, one, the last one was from Nectar in Quebec City, the, the cafe, and they roast mm-hmm. to order. So say I ordered on a Thursday, they only roast on like a Tuesday. So both of those bags of coffees were, were like, I got them within like two days of them being roasted. Fresh as fuck. And it was perfect. 
I just got a shipment from Pilot Brewing in Toronto. And Pilot, I know the place. It's literally next door to Leftfield Brewery. And I know about Pilot because I know about Leftfield. Near my brother. My brother lives like a five-minute walk from there. So, like, I know that's local. So I always try to keep my coffee orders either from Ontario or Quebec. And I order from Structure or or one of those, you know, now Nectar, I've been trying to bid at them. And, like, I'm just trying to get some uh, local stuff. Or there's my favorite cafe up in here, Cafe in Gamba. They get stuff from all over. So if I order from them or the Standard, they get my favorite one from San Francisco, which isn't local to here. But I know they get it pretty fresh. And I know the owner. So then she'll tell me, hey, we got ritual. Fuck yeah, let me go get some. So, like, I think, I think there's a difference between Amazon selling coffee exactly. and then the producers or the stores because both of them I try to balance. I try to, if I'm trying to order from Nectar directly, who's a roaster and a cafe, and then I'd mm. go to Gamba or The Standard who don't really do their own beans, but they, they resell others like, like you guys. So it's like I could order online and order from the Sorum or I can go to La Canette and I can get a bunch of different things. And I think if you guys could have an online store, that's amazing. Then people can order from you guys direct uh, and do that. That's a question for you. Uh, is it legal for a depreneur to have an online store and then you can deliver? Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. Most, uh, most of them do. Okay. But, what's, your, what's your stance on that? You don't, you don't, I mean, it's, it's to make more money, right? Uh, most of the people. I think it's also for convenience. Or, like you, you if, the, if you yeah, know what you want. For some time. Right. Yeah. If you know what you want, yeah. it's super easy. But like, if you don't know, if you want to, uh, advices and everything, it's like the best ways to come into the store and like talk to us, you know? And, um, also, another point is uh, logistically, it's pretty heavy, and you it need like to put you need to put money into a website, into an inventory system that goes uh, from what you sell in store and what you have in inventory. Um, it's it's something that we don't want to get into. As you said, some people will benefit from it, but mostly what we want is to stay in a, in our neighborhood. So. And it's if I can say, add yeah. something, yeah, if I can add something to this, we did some deliveries, but we did some by foot deliveries to the people that were COVID restrained at the house and they just called us and they were like, we, we just want to buy from you and uh, can you do some deliveries? And we're like, yeah, if you're living nearby, we just come at the end of our uh, at the end of the day and we did some kind of the, of these trips and they they were nice they uh, they were less uh, less um, winter and uh, um, it was cold yeah, <laughs> yeah it was it was cold but it was nice because we just had this uh, this connection still with the the client at this uh, but yeah it's a it's a really good debate about how you can perceive the market how you can see the product as only a product or it is uh, an experience or uh, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I like your point about it and how uh, uh, some breweries in Ontario are doing some online stuff. So um, it's uh, kind of hard to say where we are right now with the um, online option and delivery stuff. 
I think if we look for something like that is green for someone in bicycle that can get you your beers and they don't get too too hot in the back seat of a car, mm. that would be something we th- we would think about. People are asking for it, but um, are they asking for it because it is cool to receive their beers after 8 p.m. and they, they didn't just want to walk out or we just like the way that we can talk to them. And if you want a fresh beer, you want it cold, you want it like to the park right away. So just come by and we'll talk about it. So mm. uh, it's, a, it's a dilemma. Yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting one, right? Like, and I understand where you're coming from, that, you know, the, the store experience is important to you guys, so that's what you want to maintain. So I completely understand. Yeah, it, it makes sense. I mean, I, I think at the very least, I guess, I think it's cool that you can do it if you want to. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, say, yeah, you know, go. That's the whole point to it. Yeah. Uh, like, you know, I, I think it is unfortunate that breweries can't do it here uh, directly because uh, and it's mostly for, um, you know, because I think what you guys contribute to the craft beer scene is that you, you are the curators. You are curating beers from across the province that you're able to get in one place that's respected and um, the product, you know, you can walk in. I don't have to buy a four pack. I'm not forced online. Sometimes the online stores, you can't buy anything less than just a four pack. Mm. I don't always want a four pack. Maybe I want one. I can come into the store and buy one of that, one of that, two of that, and I'm good. And, you know, and fill up my basket and I have this 20, you know, whatever. You might end up with half a case or a case of just mixed stuff, which is cool. And that'll last maybe somebody two weeks or a month or something, right? And then you can talk to you guys about it. So I get that. But I, I feel like there's there's room for all of that, those different things. Because maybe there's like you guys, I don't know, something like Oval or something that we all want. If they had an online store, I mean, I know they'd sell out like that every time. But I don't know. I would try and buy some. I, you know, I've been there and I would like to have more of it. But like it's not always something that's simple to, to get a hold of. So I find that like it would just – it makes no sense to me that during this time that they didn't open up all of those laws. They opened up a lot of laws during, during the pandemic. And they, that's one mm-hmm. thing they didn't change, which is pretty ridiculous, particularly for the breweries that they have, have, they should have. Right. But I, I guess more so for the ones that don't distribute for the ones that are harder to get hold of the ones that like are in the middle of nowhere that aren't doing any Montreal distribution or anything like that, that we could order. I know I heard Le Prospecteur just started, are about to start doing Montreal distribution, but someone like them before that, you know. But they have to go through a distributor. And let's say you're in the middle of nowhere and you have like products that people like, um, you still need to have to put money into logistic to get that website to get shit down between the inventory and the website. And then after when the, the, the order is passed, you need to have somebody that delivers. So it's another employee. So yeah, you might, you might be into your cost, but still it's, you need to add payroll to it. So I think it would have worked for some of the breweries, but not for For any breweries. So someone told me the the laws should have been changed for the COVID. Yeah, I agree. 
I know that Bar Canada did that um, can where they wrote a letter to the government on the whole label and shit, which was pretty cool. And someone told me that a brewery told them, I can't remember who it was, but a brewery told them that even if they did open it up, they're like, I don't want to do it. I think maybe it was Katarijin or something, but they were just like, I don't want to do shipping. I'm not interested in doing that. And I think that's fair enough. But I think the option should be there for consumers because all it does is help businesses in a time when business is fucking hard. That's really what it comes down to. And you guys are there to give advice and to guide people on the right thing and give them that experience in the neighborhood. That's important. I think breweries should be allowed to ship out. If you want to buy stuff, breweries should be allowed to ship. Stop this. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. Um, mm-hmm. Things like that. Just just make it e- – don't make it difficult for consumers to support a small business because we want to keep this ecosystem going. That's all. Um, and, you know, everybody plays their part. Everything has a role. What you guys do is imperative to the region. You know, there's all of those breweries out of town. They would never be able to get, you know, people knowing who they are in Montreal if it wasn't for people like you guys. You know, you guys are performing a service that's important. You guys are really making sure the craft beer in Quebec is represented here in Montreal. And the other depreneurs, you know, in Sherbrooke, in Quebec City, in Gaspésie or whatever, are making sure that all of that is represented. So, like, that whole network of, of the specialty beer stores is, like, it's it, it wouldn't survive without you guys, I don't think. I think it'd be very, very difficult. Yeah, um, breweries would only be ever local. That's it. And also uh, another point to uh, the social aspect to it. Uh, with the the COVID, it's been more than a year and almost enough uh, of confinement. And um, some people, the most interaction they got is with us. Simple as that. Yeah, good point. And good point. you can have it online, you know. And this is how we can repay our are due to the craft beer industry in Quebec, like to display them and to talk to people every day. And like, they like to come there. There, there are a couple, um, they, they left to, uh, to get to know. And they were like, man, you know what? Tomorrow we're, we're moving. And, uh, you've been the, you've been the main person we talked to. I mean, that's crazy. That's crazy, man. That, I mean, that, uh, yeah, I had some fun that's with that. Privilege. Mm-hmm. Big yeah. facts. Check your privilege. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, w- I was going to add that it's like a, a privilege to be the, the bridge between the customer and the brewery, just to yeah. be that center guy mm-hmm. that will just. Um, Uh, just be there to say like, oh, this brewery is good. Or uh, I just hope some people will do road trips to get snow, just to go to the yeah. um, to the park, to um, to the hiking park nearby, and just get a beer like at, at La Derive or Cinquième Baron, and just uh, have a trip there. Um, I don't think it would have happened without the brewery that um, that stayed in our mind because of it. So mm-hmm. it's just it's just another way to discover the province of Quebec and let's go to another place because there might be another little brewery in that village that is really worth some or it's just a, another link because uh, of, because of the pandemic right and because of the way we 
we we thrive for this relationship. We just want to have something with each other. So it's okay, man. A bit with each other. Yeah. It's yeah. yeah, it is, and that's what we're all missing right now, I guess. Right, so. It is. It's uh, that's the next best thing is to be able to drink in the parks. At least we're allowed to do that. We can go to a depreneur, grab some food, and then drink in a park. You know, socially distanced from people, so at least we're allowed to do that. Fuck. So that's what we're going to be doing all summer. God damn it! In our <laughs> beer store, we we just wanted to uh, to make some uh, tasting tasting within the the brewery guy that just come in and sell his products and that's why we have a huge local we just want to have a an event about it just to make it like the la canette is spacious let's go there when all of this is over so that was one of the goal and we just uh, we just thrive yeah, for this idea yeah no i love that yeah, Kev was I, I was, uh, you know, I told you about it. It's like when it's done, when everybody is vaccinated and everything is more under control, let's say, um, you can come anytime on a Friday night. You choose two to three beers and then you can share with the with our customers, man. Just like pour some shot, talk about the beers and create that connection because you're you're a, a, a public figures, you know, and right now you're online, but like when people see you in the store, like Matt, sometimes we're like, Oh my God, this is a guest from Bao. Like, yeah, talk to him. And, and this is what we want to create, you know, to, to give like a bit more reality to everything, you know, mm-hmm. Can, and that's, that's going to be crazy when COVID is over. But right now we can't do anything. Yeah. I love that so, idea. I love that idea. I, that, I, even just as you were saying, I swear you told me about this when I first met you and first came in and I thought it was sick. And now it's reminding me. I'm like, it's such a dope yeah, idea. I mean it. Dude, I'm so fucking down, bro. Like, I, I love it. I love the whole concept of it. I want to talk to people. All the beer people are so nice. And it's like super cool to be able to do it in an environment that's not like a beer fest where everyone's like trash drunk or whatever, like. People are chilling. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, me and Maddie will come. We can't have that. Yeah, man. Look, Maddie's in the building right now. Look at this fucking legend. Look at this guy. Maddie, we were talking about you before. Mm-hmm. We were talking about you. Did you just hang out? I see another one of his comments. He's saying private scream lessons. <laughs> Can I get a le- free scream, scream lesson, Maddie? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what my favorite thing ever is? Like, oh, no, I can't do it very good. There was this, uh, you know, Dillinger Escape Plan? The band? Yeah, man. Yeah. So, like, the lead singer, when I first moved to Canada, I met this dude literally my first night here, this guy in Toronto. I moved to Toronto. I was in Toronto for two years. That's why I know everybody there. And he was, like, he told me about this this thing where the dude from Dillinger Escape Plan comes out on stage and then he runs on people's heads out to to the crowd. And ever since then, I just like I was like, "Fuck, that is the coolest shit I've ever seen." You're running on people's and motherfuckers' heads, man. That is the coolest shit. So, Maddie, I need we need to run on people's heads, bro. When Cryptopsy can come back again, I want to come up and I want to fucking run on people's heads. Honestly, I want that so bad. (laughs) COVID free. I'll wear a mask just just like ah, just run across the crowd. But you gotta like take a run up and have like some real soft shoes on so you can like bounce off the heads real like gently, like boom. 
head I, I can't say the word I want to say because people in beer don't like the word I want to say, but we have running on someone's heads. <laughs> I'll say it afterwards. That's what we call it. And it's, it's <laughs> head walking. That could be another episode name right there. Um, but we're going to do it. So on that note, I'm, I'm super, they will eat you alive. Oh, they, they won't like that, Maddie. I thought they might like it. They're running on people's heads. I don't know. Okay, maybe not. Um, I trust Matt. If he tells me no, then it's no. <laughs> um, it, I just, I'm noticing that I, I want to do, okay, one thing. Can we take the thumbnail? Because my camera is flashing. Uh, I want to make sure, sure I get the thumbnail before. I can move to webcam, but it's a little nicer when it's like this. So hold up a couple, hold up a couple of cans or something, whatever you want to hold up. Oh, yeah, yeah, here we go. Get some, Guillaume. There you go. You ready? There you go. Oh, yeah. Well, you know what? You got those two? Let me take these two. Hold that. Stay there. Stay there. Stay there. I'm going to switch it just so we got different work, ones. Work, work. Get something. Get something. There you go. Oh, that is gorgeous. Um, The last thing I wanted to... Take my t-shirt off? Yeah, yeah. Take it right off. Just get it off. <laughs> oh, Matt, Matt said not in death metal. Okay. I trust you, Matt. Okay. We have to do a thing where we run on people's heads, though, Matt, at some point, bro. Um, <laughs> I want to do it so bad. Um, I don't know if you guys are comfortable saying I know we're a little over time the way we wanted to do, but do you want to – so basically what you guys did, you organized a bunch of exclusive beers to be sold in the store this weekend for the anniversary. Are you – I know we've got people watching now and you guys weren't announcing to tomorrow – there's people watching, but there's more people going to listen to it after the fact. Are you comfortable announcing some of those beers now that what people can get exclusively this weekend at La Canette? Yeah, sure. Um, we, have, uh, we have a drop every day from Friday to Sunday. Love it. Um, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a story every night before. So I already did for, uh, for Friday. What is it? What is it? I didn't see it. So uh, for uh, for tomorrow, we're going to have some beer from Le Prospecteur. We're going to have some brewski. Some brewski? Silo? Silo? Yeah, man. Silo. Yeah. Um, we're what, gonna tell get me what the beers are. What are the beers? Wait, 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 wait. Okay, what's the brewski? Oh, uh, you, you, you ask a question, I'm filling up. <laughs> you got me excited. <laughs> Let's tell the people what the beers are. So you got a brewski. What is it? Okay, so... Um, First, I'm going to start with the prospector. I'm sorry. Yes, uh, prospector. No. We have uh, we should have got a barley wine and a milk stout with Jack Daniels, but it's back order. Okay, uh, that would have been crazy. Uh, we'll have uh, we will have the Tête de Pioche, the 315, which is mostly Azaka and Citra. Um, from who? We from have, the prospector. From the prospector, yeah, it's going to be massive. Uh, we're going to have like a smoothie from the Prospector also. Uh, apricot, mango, and I think it's peach. Um, we're going to get the um, uh, Saison Poivre, which is uh, a saison with three different papers, from, uh, two from Quebec and one from uh, Madagascar. Um, after from Brewski, we're going to get the Reaction. It's a double dry up, uh, mm-hmm. double IPA. Um, mm-hmm. Really good with some uh, Rocco in it, so it's nice. a pretty rare. Ops. Kiwi, yeah. 
Yeah, Kiwi. Hebrew, uh, oh, Hebrew. Funniest talking get... people ever. Sorry. <laughs> That's cool. We're going to get the Probasco. It's uh, also a double dry up, double IPA with oat cream and uh, with mono ops of Citra, which is probably one of the best they made for the for the oat mm -hmm. cream um, series. We're going to get some uh, brew juice. We have the tropical one. Mm -hmm. So uh, mango, peach, and uh, goyave. Guava. Guava. Yeah, guava. Sorry, man. It's <laughs> okay. Hey, we're all learning. See, I'm I speak like, French. Goyave. Like, goyave. <laughs> goyave. Uh, yeah, and, this, uh, this, brew juice, this brew juice is awesome. Uh, like you, you get your stock for the summer. It's, uh, it's awesome. From the two times I tasted it already, so... It's going to be great. Love it. It's like being to Cancun. And uh, <laughs> after we have uh, Barabas, it's, uh, it's a brewery in uh, Saint, at um, Saint-Marthe. Saint no, pas Saint-Marthe. Saint-Barbe. Okay. And mm -hmm. it's pretty new. And like we didn't get the chance to go there, but we will in due time. They have also other products, but we didn't take it because we didn't try it on tap which is important. Um, so we're going to have like uh, an assemblage from uh, uh, rye beers and porters. That's going to be buried in a rye, uh, rye whiskey barrel for nine months. Uh, we're going to get some Arikana. Hey. Arikana is going to mm -hmm. be massive too. It's for the beer geeks from the Arikana. It's going to be like a millisim. Um, it's the 7205 series. So it's the... All the series from their Che. And uh, we have four different ones uh, from 2018 to 2019. So it's really, really good. It's mostly uh, barrage sour beers. Nice. Um, then we have Silo. We have the two new mm. ones, uh, GP made. So it's the, the Sitka, which is like a, a light Vilsipni, so a light... Pilsner beer inspired by uh, the Czechs. Or oh, the Distinka uh, one? Distinka, yeah. That's the um, best low ABV pills I've ever had in my life. Yeah, but we're going to have it in exclusivity before uh, everyone else, but it's going it. to be in, uh, in distribution next week. Um, and we're going to get the Lager Beer too. So mostly great. like the Beer Garden beer. So that's for Friday only. Damn. On uh, on Saturday we're gonna get Sir John, Les Insulaire, uh, Ralbock, <laughs> and uh, who else on uh, Yeah, there's gonna be three on Saturdays. So uh, for Sir John we're gonna have the Jericho Chapter Six. Nice. We're gonna get the Amsterdam Oatcream um, IPA, and we have the Leitmotiv with uh, Nelson Sauvin. So mono ops of seven Nelson Sauvin. Um, two smoothies for a Yeah. So are they good? Really How are they? Man, they're great. They're amazing. Okay, I know yeah. Guillaume, mm -hmm. but I haven't. Uh, I haven't had any smoothie. Okay. No, they're like mm -hmm. they're thicker than the brewskis, and like to me, like uh, the petit jus de mort is on top of the game right now in Quebec. Brew juice is really close by, and like you have the insulaire that is. 
getting really close between no the two. No way. So okay. we have a peach one, cherry, peach, and mango, and the other one is um, raspberry and guava again. And on Sunday, my favorite. Mm -hmm. Cinquième. A little, little cinquième, right? Cinquième and à la dérive. Uh, so we have a double New England. We have a New England parallel. We have a West Coast IPA. We have a, a goes with um, passion fruit and guava, which is amazing. Goyave. And, uh, for, mm -hmm. Yeah, goyave. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and we have, uh, à la dérive, we have uh, surtataïguet, which is pr probably the best sour I, I tried from Quebec. Nice. With raspberries inside. From Gets, it's amazing. From gets no Day. Yeah, it's a Gatineau Day, and uh, they don't use um, any puree, so it's really like raspberries they put into the beer, so it's not that sweet it's a bit sour it's refreshing at the same time so that's pretty much what we're gonna get for all the whole weekend so that's crazy it's really really cool mm -hmm. and that's at the same time it's not it's not for beer geeks only it's for everybody you know that that was the point of not having just barrage bottles and this or that it's like it's uh, maybe maybe on our second anniversary we'll we'll go for that. Oh. But for for this year, for this year, it's kind of amazing to have the chance to have all these products. So yeah, yeah. I, for, I forgot the best. We have some steam whistle. Yes, yeah, steam whistle. Oh damn! Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. That the classic. Yeah, the that's the beer de route <laughs> we're going to offer. I love that. That is a serious lineup, boys. Well done. That's really, really, really good. That shit's going to sell quick, eh? Like, it's going to move. Like, do you have a lot or is it, like, going to move pretty quick? Yeah, we have a lot, but still we don't know uh, <laughs> We don't know what's going to happen. Like, yeah. I was talking to uh, Alex from Milan yesterday and we're like, man, you, got, you guys had 800 people on your first weekend. I'm like, that's amazing. And, like, we're we gonna do tomorrow you know we don't know maybe it's gonna be smooth mm -hmm. all day maybe we're gonna have a lineup we don't know that's that the crazy thing with the covid you don't know yeah the lineups are uh kind of a forced thing but um hey i mean like i feel like people are gonna turn out it's actually pretty perfect that uh like yeah maddie's saying that's fire bro i might have to come through at some point jesus christ the i was yeah. gonna say the from um, Milona doing a drop, I guess. I know they announced the culture and what I forgot their, the, the next one. I think they'll probably announce it tomorrow. And then you guys yeah. doing three days of drops like that. Like, man, it's going to be a busy weekend in Ville Ray. Should be, man. Should be. And uh, what, what's, uh, what we try to do is like we have a drop every day. So it's not everything on the first the day. Ones. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, you, oh, bless, you. bless you. Oh, Kevin also oh. says bless you. Thank bless you. you. <laughs> <laughs> and like uh, uh, the, the the Bruski ones, let's say, if we if it sells out, it sells. Uh, if we have a bit of it, we're gonna keep it for the next week. Okay. It's not gonna be available on Saturday. So, if you're on Bruski and um, 
un prospecteur, you need to come on Friday. If you're on cinquième baron, it's going to be on Sunday, surgeon on Saturday. Gotcha. So you can't come, say if you want brewski, you can't come on Sunday to get the brewski. You have to wait for the next, to either no. come on the Friday or wait till next week to whatever's Pretty left. much, yeah. Okay. Yep. Pretty much. That's so a good way to do it. It's a bit, it's a bit annoying. Uh, I was telling that to customers like, sorry, man, we're going to see each other three days in a row. Yeah, but know. like everybody's happy, you know. So hey, man, should be enough stuff for anybody. That's really cool because you're doing something that's you know, Brewski doesn't distribute. So you're you're doing beers that don't distribute. You're doing stuff from from other like the Prospector. I've never had them, but all I've ever heard is like everybody always talks about them. Um, and it's good. Yeah, some crazy stuff. So I feel like uh, you know. You're offering a lot of crazy things, so people need to come through. What's the address for people who want to come by? That'll be cool. What What's the address? Uh, you, mean, you mean the address? Uh, yeah, it's the seven two five. Yeah, the seven two five five Saint Hubert Street, uh, local four, and then uh, what's the post just uh, just just watch for the the wait line and. You'll see the people uh, waiting for there. You'll see. Um, Maybe they can come for the for the tissue, you know, like <laughs> le magasin de vêtements à côté. How do you see them? <laughs> tissue is not the same. Tissue is yeah. Kleenex. Like, tissue is uh, like tissue. Like for for what? What are, we, what are they going to do with the tissues? To jerk off in them? I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. Like, like tissue, you can buy like uh, a blend of fabrics, you know. Oh, the place next Public door stores. to you as well. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, okay. I was being. Yeah, man. I thought you meant like a, sorry. you know, like a, a tissue, like a. Your blood, yeah, like that's why I said like it's not. It's not the the right not, thing. You know? Oh, okay. Uh, not a Kleenex. Okay, I get it. So, Language is complicated. So yeah, we're like uh, two hundred steps uh, from the metro uh, Jean Talon. So uh, if the people can see uh, see what our store looks like, or we just uh, want to talk about. Some beers, uh, you're welcome. So, yeah, thanks for the invitation, uh, Craig. Uh, it really means a lot to us. Thanks a lot. Yep. Genuine pleasure, man. I think what you guys are doing is awesome. Love the store. You guys are fucking champions. Um, I appreciate, you know, happy birthday as well. First of all, congratulations on that first anniversary. It's amazing. I love that you're yeah, able man. to, you know, to, to give the people of Montreal, you've been giving them great beer for a year. Here's to 100 more. And a hundred more stores. No, no. Okay, maybe not a hundred more. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hundred more we're years. Do like hundred store in five years, something like mm-hmm. that. I feel like you can you can make it happen. If anyone can make it happen, no, no. it's you guys. Um, no, nobody can make it. <laughs> that, that, it's micro brew. It's not micro brew. That's true. It's very very different. Um, so with that note, stick around. I'm going to wrap this up and we'll say goodbye on the, uh, the afterwards. So, uh, everybody, thank you for commenting and watching the whole time. I appreciate y'all. If you enjoyed the episode, smash the thumb. Oh, do you know what I didn't ask? Where can they find La Canette online? What's the, uh, Instagram and Facebook handles and stuff? Yeah, and pretty much. It's La Canette Villeray on Instagram and La Canette on Facebook. Pretty easy, right? That's it. Cool. Love it. So, guys, make sure you check them out. Head down there, Saint-Hubert and uh, De No Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Don't miss the drops. Montreal Beer Page, look at that. What a champion. Cheers, boys. Happy anniversary, you bloody legend, mate. Um, so, Cheers, everyone, Zach. 
Appreciate all of y'all. If you enjoyed the episode, smash the thumbs up. Hit subscribe below. Hit the notification bell so you know when the new video drops. Follow us on social media at BAOS Podcast. And check out the long-form audio so you can hear attractive gentlemen like Yom and Kevin talk about craft beer. We'll be back 9 p.m. tomorrow evening. You know the deal. We'll see you then, guys. Peace.